Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ The Road Podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I am one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. And we got one of my favorite people in the entire world here yep. with us. That's very you know? sweet of you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You're, you're like quirky. You're like the quirkiest, <laughs> most awkward, misunderstood DJ I know. But, you know, every time we, we hang out, it's it's like it's we always have great conversations, you know. Perception of me is different than the actual thing. I yeah. Think. I want to talk about that because I, I was just talking to somebody about you. Shoot. And I'm like, you don't know what he's like at yeah. all. Uh, Tell me but, who first. No, but Tell we me have, who first. Then no, no, wait, but we got okay, Miami's sorry. finest right. DJ conflict in the building. What's good? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, so I had a conversation about you with uh, actually a couple DJs. Okay. They think you're very cocky. That's okay. Yeah. I am cocky to a certain extent. No, no, no. But I think I'm talking about like um, the, when you were going around with the championship belt. I think that was uh, cool as like, So you did a mix for Club Killers. Yes. And it ended up being like the most listened to uh, mix or it was like Number it had one. the most like listens on Mixcloud. That right? happens sometimes. Yeah. So it's happened more than once. Yeah. Hence the championship belt. So Where did the championship belt come? Because people think you're serious. Okay. But you're not really. No, no, no. no. So, so let, let, let me <laughs> but I'm, you're a fun guy. But I, I'm, I, so what I'm saying is that I'm trying to tell them, like, yo, this is conflict. Tr- like, he's trolling. He's he's trying to be funny. I'm playing into those people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is what you're doing. <laughs> so, but people don't realize you're trolling. Is what it is. Hip hop. Hip hop is based on confidence. Yeah. Can we all agree on that? Like yes. break, yeah. d- break dancing, DJing, and competitive. Yeah. Graffiti. It's a competitive sport. Right. So yeah, I'm confident to a certain extent. Of my ability, but also I like pushing it a little bit because the general public might not be so aware of that. Yeah. So they might see someone with a bell and go, what the hell is this guy doing? And that impression that let me go see what this is about is what I'm after. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the important piece, right? So when it comes to my peers, though, my colleagues, there isn't a day on the calendar where a DJ could hit me up and be like, I need your advice or I need your help. And yeah. I wouldn't be like, okay, let's work this out together. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. And yeah. I, you know, I can imagine a hundred DJs would vouch for me because I can show you the DMs. You're actually very grounded mm-hmm. and you're very humble. Thank you. But which is that dichotomy of actually having a championship belt. I think right. you have to have balance. You got to have both. Right. If I'm not loud enough, people won't look in my direction. Right. Fucking but bad. to you, that's it's funny. It's, it's like, fun to right. me. So the the idea for the belt, it was like 20, 2017 or 2018. And I thought, I'm going to delete my entire Instagram. And I'm going to start over. And I'm just going to be this character. I'm going to be Club DJ World Champion. And I'm going to carry the belt. And I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going to be like, I'm going to say, if you find me without this belt, I'll give you $100 on the spot. I'm going to bring it in my gigs. I'll take pictures with people beforehand and after and be like, send me the pictures. And I'll post it. Be like, look at all my fans. Right. That was the idea. It was like supposed, supposed to be something, uh, something fun. I never pulled the trigger on it because thank thank God because the, co- the, <laughs> the commitment to it the commitment to it was too great and I yeah. didn't I didn't want to lose the piece of seriousness that I have which I think part of my brand that's more important than like that that side I I, I probably text you or call you and be like are you okay because I'd be like it's a little psycho especially no. after the pandemic right? no no it was supposed to be before pandemic yeah, it was eighteen it? Yeah. twenty eighteen oh but you didn't pull the trigger till after the I pandemic. didn't pull the listen when I pulled the trigger it was like a peep little twenty two that I pulled on that yeah I was gonna go full blown character luckily he started a podcast in and, and now I'm not it's coming to me more vividly you actually edited one of our our video <laughs> clips yes. Because we were talking about the best mix of 2022 yeah. from our recap episode. And play the video? Yeah. And then you planted, like, you planted, you, you, we were saying, okay, so the winner, the number one mix is, and then you were like, DJ Conflict. 
Yeah. And you kept the number yeah. two mix, DJ Conflict. Like, and yeah. I had my kids do the do yeah. the voiceover. Yeah, 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 of, yes, of, yes. Yeah. yeah, but people think you're serious for some reason. Because you never so say here, LOL let at me, the end. You never because, say it's a because joke. Because I'm not gonna you. spoil the joke, but let me pull the curtains back a little bit. What right. did I do before I posted that? You hit me up. And I said what? He hit me up saying he won all three of the mixes for sure. that year. I, was, right. I placed first, second, and third. Yeah, like, first, yes. second, and third. Dialon, dialon. Dialon, dialon. And I was like, I was like, yo, if you want to do that, you got, you know, you got my love. You I got asked my approval. for permission though. Yeah, yeah. yeah because you I, res- I respect you guys and I appreciate what you guys do here. So it's yeah. not all about me all the time. Yeah, yeah. But might, <laughs> all I, the time. Listen, not all the time, you know, but... I wanted to get that permission because it was important. If I'm using number one, your content, number yeah. two, your, your stuff, I wanted to see if you were cool with it. If you would have been like, nah, I don't like it. I would have deleted it. It would have never seen the light of day. Thank God you said, but okay, Kirk. That's, that's the curtain that I, like, I'm pulling back now. But why would I say LOL after a joke? It's like, if you, you don't get it, that's okay. Just to let like, motherfuckers know, right? No? Like, but you don't really care. Oh, yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't mind. Here's my question. How much did the belt cost you? Because I it, know it wasn't that. It was like $7,000. What? No, I'm just Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was all gold. <laughs> Wait, is it a custom belt? Does it yeah, say? It, 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 it's, it's a, a, it's a vinyl. Did you what ever notice it say? What it says it? Club DJ World Champion. That's oh. what I won when I won the championship. Cha- what championship? The Club DJ World Championship. What was it? What championship? You didn't was that? hear about it. What Kirk is so like, gullible, man. <laughs> I don't know. He's was, it, was, that, was it at your house? <laughs> no. Listen, Look, I, I it's wasn't. a vinyl. It's it's the undisputed Club DJ oh. World Championship belt. So you won this? I did. On any given night, when people are listening to me DJ, I'm the best DJ that they're ever going to hear that night. You know, that's a <laughs> conflict. Yeah. I haven't really talked to you since. Since pre-pandemic, you gotta hear. You gotta What's hear. happened during the pandemic, my friend? You, you didn't hear. You didn't hear what I said. I said, when they listen to me, I'm gonna be the best DJ they hear that night. Right. Okay. Tell me where I'm wrong. No, I mean, yeah. Unless the club, unless you, the, unless you might be the only DJ they hit yeah. that night. Thank That's you. the joke. That's I, the I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Kirk, yeah. you gotta sharpen up on your funny skills. No, it's skills. not that. It's just that to me, it's a, it it's just like, wasn't funny. That's the whole oh. thing. It was funny. Look at that big laugh. It was funny. It's funny. No, it's like you're, you're very like dad jokey now oh, for some reason. Ouch. No, no, it's it's cute. Like <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's dad jokey. It's very. It's, <laughs> I'm the kind of person no. when when you hug, you close your eyes. Is that what you're saying? No, yeah, yeah. So I haven't. <laughs> so I haven't seen him in a, in since what pre pandemic. Right? Yeah. And when I saw yeah. him, I, I I hugged him and I actually closed my eyes for a little bit. <laughs> I did too. It was like a warm like oh, a family guy here. No, no, I haven't seen you since pre pandemic. Yeah, right. Been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. A lot has happened. You guys look good, though. You guys, you look great. What does that mean? <laughs> that means we could have got really left during the pandemic, <laughs> know, <right>? guys. <laughs> yeah, it was a pandemic was, I mean, I, th- I feel like everyone was doing something during the pandemic. Yeah. And then I, I think at one point during the pandemic, you were like setting up a survival training. Close. Operation. I was. Uh, you ever seen that movie, The Survivor, with Robin Williams? Uh, um. And uh, what's his name? Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I did see that, yeah. Uh-huh. So it reminded me of what Robin Williams, remember he got robbed or some shit? Uh-huh. And then like he joined a survivalist group yeah. who were training for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And they were like getting, they were training with guns and like, you know, like they were green berets. Uh-huh. I saw this video of him and like some AR and he was just like, yeah, we're going to get you ready for this shit. And, I, and he had like, a, I don't know if he had a bulletproof vest on or something. He probably did. And he had the, you know, when these motherfuckers go shooting and they have like the gla- the sunglasses, the yellow the sunglasses. Oakley's? Yeah. Uh-huh. The yeah. Oakley? Yeah. He had that. And I was just like, yo, this, this motherfucker is, is he, he's like, yo. He's Call of Duty for real. It's, yeah. He's Call of Duty. He's Warzone for real. He's ready like, for I want us. that skin. I want yeah. the confidence. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, conflict skin would be crazy. Yo, end of the world conflict skin would be the shit. I would pay twenty dollars for that. Yo, for real. Long hair, short so, hair though. I don't know. Yo, long hair was crazy, crazy. though. Yeah, yeah. Short hair, you look very civilized. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like you could do like uh, like. I'm, a I'm picturing Negan from um. <laughs> from Walking Dead, Walking Dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take that That's a good one. So, so what I did was I actually became a certified pistol instructor mm. to teach people how to uh, handle firearms safely and then get their concealed weapons permit in Florida over the pandemic yes so I started because I was sitting at home without work and I thought to myself alright burning through savings burning through cash what, what can I do right now that's open uh, that's outside and that will generate some some money. So I took in Florida, especially. in Florida, and let, let's let's actually uh, let's mention that you, to me, you're one of like the biggest hustlers I know. Oh, one time, like you have a lot of shit going on. Thanks. Like not only do you DJ, you have podcast. Yeah. You also have like oh, a, got, you, a gra- you have a des- like a graphic design firm. Yeah. I or- did. I had one. Yeah. Oh, you did. I, I divested from that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, you had a graphic design firm that was like doing flyers for DJ and logos, and nightclubs, and yeah. You always had your hands in as much as uh, you could, like a very entrepreneurial spirit, would you? Well, but, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I try. Yeah. So then, when, so you got, what, what entails with the, to get, like, I, I had to know. take a class. It was a two-day class, a couple of hours to make sure that What's I What's your pistol of choice, by the way? Uh, depends what we're doing. Um, just overall? Just shoot at the range. Well, like, like, what do you mean, like, shooting ducks Give or me, killing people? Well, you don't shoot ducks with a pistol. I know. Yeah, okay. Well, and I don't kill people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. In case this gets played what in do you mean? Well, can you can you can you explain what that question entails? Sure. I yeah. guess uh, that I would look at the number one selling handgun is the Glock 19 because it's a mid-sized pit- pistol. Mm-hmm. It's uh, light. It's a compact gun that fits in a lot of people's hands. Okay. Uh, it's a Glock, which means it always goes bang when you pull the trigger if everything's set up right. What made you want to get into? I have always had an affinity. <sighs> All right, this is going to sound weird, but okay. an affinity for violence. Okay. And it's because I'm such a nonviolent person. I don't like conflict, which is ironic. I don't like ba- uh, problems with people. I would always l- prefer to exit an issue if it comes up. But what I learned because of my early childhood, coming from a family where there was a lot of domestic violence, just mm-hmm. to be completely mm-hmm. open. Right. I, I, when I grew up, I wanted to be the person that would always uphold justice when it needed to be upheld. Mm. Mm. So if there's ever a, an injustice around me, a bigger person picking on a smaller person, this is something I can't even tell you where it comes from. It's innate. It's like built into my cells, which is why I do martial arts and I have for a really long time, which is why I've taught myself all these violent things. But it's because when you... It's like a it's like a preparation for just in case some shit happens it's, kind of shit, right? It's a little bit. kind of messed up to say, but the only way to end violence is to bring it one level above the violence that's brought to you. Okay. Yes. So that means if someone is already pushing you, you need to know how to punch them. Right. If someone's already punching them, you need to know how to fight better. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like the only way to stand, and sometimes you can just walk away and move away from a situation. But my brother's a police officer. Mm. So it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that we both like grew up and wanted to protect people, protect right, us and right, ourselves right. because we grew up in a place that was so inequitable to our, our well-being as kids. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm, not not because of you know not my mom's fault by any means or, or you know everyone has their problems right 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 yeah no I no no know. actually that makes a lot of sense because i remember like back in the day you were like rallying for like uh red bull djs that were in the competition to get paid yes yeah like helping oh, the underdogs yeah. Yeah. yeah did you did you think that was okay 
I thought you were trolling a little bit. Really? A little bit. I, raised, I raised over $10,000 to pay that. That's great. Wow. I, I, I thought. I think there was a rumor that no one got paid. I yeah, that's it. I think that, GS Renault is like, what money? I didn't yeah. get shit. And Listen, you're like, I have screenshots of me paying each I know, person. I know. I think we <laughs> talked about it. I yeah, think yeah. you're good. I think you're good. <laughs> we're not, we're no, but good. that's where that comes from, right? Just kind of looking out for the underdog. Well, not just that, but uh, that that's a different story. Uh, that one was because we're all DJs, dude. We got to look out for each other in certain sectors. Right. And mm-hmm. I felt like if there's a multi-billion dollar company using our names and using our, uh, our talent like, mm-hmm. to fill mm-hmm. places... Okay, and if the light guy's getting paid, and if the the sound guy's getting paid, and if the security's getting paid, and if the loadout team is getting paid, and if the equipment rental place is getting paid, you're not paying the people that are performing. Right. Explain that one to me. But this is old. This is really old. It's already been taken. It is old. Yeah. I just you know, but that that was why I came from that uh, point of view, which is like we got to pay our people. And because of you, they 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 stopped stopped doing doing the (laughs) rental. Well, and they're now, like, you know what? Listen, we don't need this bullshit, okay? Yeah, fuck that, you man. know how much you know how much DJs were getting paid before? How much? Zero. And then now, now they're not getting any money anyway. So right. what's the difference? They're not what, getting any marketing. What's, what's, yeah. well, we're not it. getting the next four color Zach or like no, no competition. Yeah. It's fun. It's fine. I don't have that much power, I don't think. No, no. no. Okay. I'm just joking. All right, all right. I'm just <laughs> I think there's more pandemic than you, but we know we like to f- make fun of it. But that was during the pandemic. You were doing pistol training? And stuff. Yeah, gun safety. Yeah, so I, I have, um, I hate guns. Okay. I feel the need to tackle that fear. Like I should just like kind of get fluent with guns just so I can like, you know, learn more about it. I'm in. Ta- I just hate gun va- like violence. Like I wouldn't want. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, in town for another two days. You want to go to the range? I'm not into Dude, that'd be good vlog. I have like I have no I have like no interest in learning or like shooting or doing anything. I think you held the gun before. Yeah. yeah, I have. Yeah. If it's like you know when someone motherfuckers like they shoot guns they they feel empowered. Mm-hmm. I just I'm just like cool like I get it that's an option. Pew, pew. Mm-hmm. You know like I just don't want to fuck with it. You know. <laughs> Ad libs by G. I don't, I pew, pew. Yeah yeah. That's exactly how it felt. Pew. Uh, it's okay guys. Yeah yeah. But during Call of Duty you're like. Yeah it's kind of that's kind of interesting ain't it? It's different. Oh, it's different. I think there's the camaraderie. No. I, I love the camaraderie in in uh, Warzone. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, you look, if you have a shooting buddies, you could you know, go yeah, yeah. to the range together. I don't think I have any shooting buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hang out with those kind of motherfuckers. There's maybe a lot of them in Florida, but not, 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 not around I mean, there's a lot out here also. No, there's yeah. a lot out here. They but not with, our, not with our New but York energy. Like, nah, you know? not at all. Because like, you would never see a gun in New York. Like If you did, it oh, was like- Oh, because you get a lot of time over no, there. No, no, no. <laughs> the thing is, if you saw a gun, it was like- it was for something illegal and violent. It yeah. wasn't like protection. Something about to pop off. Yeah, somebody, like yeah. It's one of those things. Where somebody like, gonna yeah. get get. But but the laws in New York with a gun is crazy. It's bad. crazy. That's mm-hmm. why you never really see guns mm-hmm. unless like someone is is doing some illegal shit. L.A. and Florida yeah. are different. So. Whereas like when I came when I moved to Vegas, like you know I I saw people shooting guns with their kids, and I was yeah. and I was like, and I was like turned off by that. Shit. Really? Why? I at, at at the moment it just it was scary to me, but mm. I get it is a very scary thing. I mean, I get the the education of it. It's important. Yeah, I feel yeah. like now you need it more than back when you first moved to Vegas. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Mm. I get the education of it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if that's something I would personally do with my children, but I understand and I I respect I respect that a lot. Actually, I think it it is important, especially if you're gonna have guns. Like around at, the house. Around the house. I think have, it's have very you, important. Sorry, Kirk. Have you done it with your kid? Uh, yes. Oh, nice. How old is he? 
Like, so my stepson is uh, 12 and my daughter's six. And both of them already pew pew? So no, not my daughter, but my, my stepson has gone to the range. And, uh, you know, I just drill it in them every chance that I get or I remember. It's like if you see a gun, you don't touch it. If you think you see a gun, you tell an adult. You know, just kind of instill these safety rules into them that you'll never be in trouble if you just tell us the truth and to explain to us what's going on. Nice. Uh, and just so they have that at least underlying safety. Uh, so she's not old enough yet, I don't feel. Mm-hmm. Some people might disagree. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I haven't taken her yet. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Wait, so wait, is there a, like a limit at the gun range for how old kids should be? When in certain certain places have different rules. Florida has no rules. I'm, I'm That's not true. There's no, plenty of rules. There's a high, I feel like Florida <laughs> never has rules. I feel like you can do anything you want to do in Florida. <laughs> There's lots of rules in Florida. Is there? Yeah. Okay. You I know. think we just have a bad perception of Florida. It's like, no, okay, you can do whatever the fuck you want in Florida. <laughs> Zombies and everything is happening. To a certain right. extent. I haven't seen you in a, in a long time, man. Yeah, so like this is, a lot's happened. A lot has happened, yeah. Like, you know, we went through that whole Joe Maz thing. Love Joe. I think that was the last episode that, that we was were a, on. We did a Zoom, yeah, with Joe. It was a Zoom. It was when Joe Maz, it was like, it was the height of like pandemic. All, the pandemic. It was like BLM, mm-hmm. election year. Yeah. It was craziness. And I wanted you and Joe Maz to come on the episode. I remember. To show that Joe Maz is like a regular person. Really? Outside of all these oh, political right, right, right. beliefs and <laughs> conspiracy theories and everything. I, I distinctly remember a different situation. I remember you egging him on. You're like, so Joe, tell us what you think about this other thing. And it's like, you were like. No, that was during the debate. That was the, oh, that was the debate. Okay. okay Episode was, 133 so, is Joe Mass in conflict. Okay. And then the later one. Was so the, the first attempt was you and Joe Maz together. Right. I was trying to ground him a little bit. And I was trying to be like, look, yeah. let's just have a conversation like DJs. Yeah. And outside of this polit- political shit. Sure. Because in the end, like, we should all be able to talk to each other like DJs. I agree. Yeah. You know? And like, you know? Um, And then I we got flack, like, why are you giving him a platform? Why are you trying to normalize him? You know? And so we're like, okay, let's just stay away from this shit. <laughs> as he is, as, and then, and then Shecky Green and I think him and Joe Maz were going back and forth. Yeah. On Twitter. And they wanted to, and Shecky asked if they could use the Road Podcast platform to debate. Yeah, Joe, Joe wanted to go on Joe Rogan yeah. <laughs> with Shaky right, to <laughs> and he said, yeah. "Let's for the road." Joe, Joe Ma said, "Like, hey, we could go on Joe Rogan," and Shecky was like, "I, I don't know that level of delusion. Like, I, we, but we could go on road podcast." <laughs> we were number what two. What a second choice, right? <laughs> Joe Rogan. So then we we had him on our podcast, right. and I, I mean, dude, like we've gotten hated on by Nigeria, by like we've had. Moments where, like, we've had, we've been tried, like, we've been canceled so many times. Cold following. See, that's an interesting thing. Do you guys care? No, I know. I think we do because the thing is, when you're building a, like, when you when you're building a brand or any type of company or podcast, like, and people are trying to cancel you, you're trying to like just navigate through it. Sure. But you're also trying to be earnest and to learn, like yeah. what what did we do wrong and everything. You well, know? that that was my that was I said no because we don't have a malice heart to like the Nigeria thing. We didn't go after them. The Beyonce thing, we didn't go after her. Um, yeah, this Joe Mass thing, we just gave them a you know they wanted to debate. The, the thing is, people will say like you guys are chasing clout, and I don't think we've ever chased clout 
in anything we've ever done with the podcast, like ever. I yeah. think that's that's a silly argument. If you guys yeah. would have picked a random off the street that was talking something, you got a DJ on a DJ podcast. What are you chasing? I, yeah, I mean, we're not chasing sensationalism. Like, no. you yeah. don't do that. We he had a different. He had a different point of view than what was going on in the certain popular sections. point of view. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what's the problem with that? You're, you guys are displaying two points of view. Oh no, but we were getting killed. Yeah, like, a lot I, of people. Oh, didn't tell look them at it about the whole. Like these guys didn't really have to deal with it, but I had to deal with it because I had I to was deal with you. What do you mean? No, but I had to deal with the social. I had to respond in social media. Oh, you are a spokesman for sure. Because no, but I had to respond dumb, to everybody. So, what was the what was the the strongest argument you feel that was like mm, that, that does it? I'll them. tell you the one argument that someone said that really fucking pissed me off. And pissed me off, and too. it really pissed me off. Pissed it was, off it was a white DJ that said. So this is during Black Lives Matter. So a lot of like I think at the time a lot of white DJs were getting like called out for appropriating black music. Like you guys play black music black and, you're, and you're and you're staying quiet during BLM. So there was a bunch of white DJs that were professing their support for the Black Lives Matter movement, saying, I you know, I'm with Black Lives Matter. And, I, I mean and you know, I'm not like, a racist. Like showing their resume, like look, I'm yeah, really yeah, about I'm the not culture. a racist. I have a black friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is a di- difficult conversation because I, I know I'm going to end up saying that they were just virtue signaling. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like But one of them that was doing that felt like it was I feel like they felt entitled to point shit out and attack others to proclaim their support for the movement yeah, like yes. i'm good so in in doing that they were you know they were talking to me an asian american and they were just like you know you're having you know uh joe maz is like supporting trump who's a white supremacist and a racist and you're no better than them and i was like you know what for and i got so mad i stopped replying to people and i i was just like for a white dj to accuse an Asian American with two black other DJs and one Latin American DJ. Like it's literally the most diverse <laughs> podcast like, on the planet podcast with, with people of color. Do you know what I'm saying? My For audience. a white person to call us racist or that we're in support <laughs> of racism to me is like crazy. And it's one of those things where I realized like, this person does not know what the fuck they're saying. Right, but so then that wasn't a good argument. That's just the one that, that cut the deepest for you. But the, the, the reality of the situation is this. You guys all have a good heart. You're not, you're not trying, like, you mentioned that, Now I pointed at you because it's like, you're, you don't have an agenda here where you're trying to say this is right or this is wrong. You're just presenting points of view. Yeah. And if you get in trouble for presenting points of view or if people don't like it, then don't listen. But you can't just stay in one echo chamber your whole life because you won't understand that there's another world out there. Mm -hmm. There might be different points of view. And I disagree with some DJs about certain things. And when that happens, including Joe, Right. There's times where Joe will send me something and I go, wow, that's a little far for me, Joe. But anyway, how, how, are, how are things <laughs> right. with this other stuff? But then at the same time, you look at his, his you know, couple of posts that he has, he's had about different things and now they've become generally accepted arguments. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the problem. Right. When 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 you're right a few times about something and I'm not saying he's right a bunch of times, I'm not saying he he's one thing or another. Joe's a really good friend of mine. Yeah. You know, I, I feel really stupid even saying this, but the whole racism thing is really silly to me because he's not that person. He's never been that person. Uh, I will always defend my friend, even if I disagree with him on certain things. And that's an okay thing. That's that's a good thing. Disagreements are okay. Right. We don't all have to be on the same page because guess what? If we're on the same page, we're all the same. Where's the diversity? Which is what they call for uh, on you know in certain places anyway. I think people mistake racism for ignorance. Yes. And the thing is, like, I think there's an yeah. ignorance 
with Jomas, with certain things, for certain things. I think there's, well, all humans are capable of it. Of course. Yeah. I, think, sure. I think there's an ignorance with all of us. Sure. I think we're all ignorant as fuck. Hell yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? But when you start calling people racist, that's very different from like ignorance. Do you know man. what I'm saying? So, so, but like for me, I think ignorance should be a little bit more accepted. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if I go to, if I'm walking down the street and someone speaks to me in Chinese and they're earnestly saying like, good morning in Chinese, I'm like, oh no, I'm Korean. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. But for me to be like, so you think all Asians are Chinese? You know, like that's ignorance. That's not racism. Do you know what I... I would tend to agree, yes. Right. So, and I think the problem right now is everything is racism. Everything that's ignorant is being called racism or hate. I would go one level above that, and it's not just ignorance. I would say any disagreement automatically categorizes you as something negative. Yeah. You get in the pigeonhole of that. You're that. It's black and white. There's no gray area. But the the thing is, like, we're, you know, not everyone is expected to know everything about Everything that's going on, let alone everything that's personally going on with you. Agreed. Especially if you're a stranger. Agreed. You know? Empathy is important. So that's the, look, empathy is so important. Right. So that's the thing that pissed me off about that statement about, you know, uh, a podcast with, you know, two black dudes, a Latin American guy and an Asian guy. Like, the thing is, when you're growing up as a person of color or like non-white, I guess, in America, Mm -hmm. you're conditioned literally to cater to white America. You know, like my name is Richard Sung. You know, my mom did that to protect me. She gave me an American name, an English name, so I could fit in better. You know, and there's things that never you had to do as a black African-American, you had to do as a Mexican-American to condition and your parents were protecting you to prepare you that this is kind of a quote-unquote white world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we are kind of, you know, trying to fit in. We are outsiders fitting in. Can I present a similar argument, but slightly different angle? Sure. So, but no, I'm saying how in, how in the world could a white person growing up in America understand that from a minority? The struggle of a minority. Exactly. You, they don't really understand the struggle of a minority. Well, but that's to say, well, you, that's a very general and broad statement when you say, how could a white person? Because there are white people that have greater struggles than we've all had. For sure. That's true. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then there, therein lies. But the, that's one. That's the, one aspect. Therein lies the empathy, right? We don't know For what sure. individuals are dealing with. Exactly. Right. But no, but that is one aspect to, to have empathy towards that these are minorities in America and this is one of the struggles that they have to deal with. So me accusing uh, a minority of racism is like impossible. Cause I, 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 well, I don't know if it's impossible, but what I would say is it's it's definitely the wrong approach that that person took. Yeah, because it makes no sense. It's it's not it's very not probable. He could, he could, in my opinion, agreed, it's very, very not probable. Not, very it's not one, probable. One out of a hundred right. times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's very not, not probable chances. is fair enough uh, for me. Uh, what I was gonna say was we my parents immigrated here to the United States. I yeah. was born in Argentina, so I'm Latino descent. Mm-hmm. I've done the, the DNA test. I have Mediterranean blood and Northern European blood. I was born in Argentina. I'm an American citizen. What does that make me? You know, I don't, I, can't, I couldn't tell you honestly, mm-hmm. but what it does make me to the, to, uh, to the outward world is somebody that's empathetic. And I don't know if a server at a restaurant is having a bad day, white, black, Asian, or whatever they might be, and they don't serve me the right way. The first thing I tell my wife or tell somebody I'm dining with, it's like, maybe they had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Let's not hold it against them. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like that empathy. I, I understand that. So, and that goes into it like a very uh, broad 
uh, service throughout the whole world. If we could all do that, it'd be a lot better. And then maybe the person that says you guys were giving a racist a platform would say, I disagree with what you guys did, which is a much better statement. You'd be like, well, tell me why. And if he could explain himself eloquently, then you could have a discussion. And then at the end, if you guys disagree, you could say, well, I disagree with you. Well, I disagree with you too. But anyway, thank you for promoting this podcast. And has a great <laughs> platform for people. You know, that's a normal, logical conversation. Not you guys are racist. I'm out. No, no, no. But it was a lot of emotions. It was a, it was a tough year. Agreed. You know? I'm, I'm surprised we all got through it. I'm that not. Was, that <laughs> was, there was so much going on. I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm saying. The human race is very resilient. I mean. We'll we, be all right. But that was a rough year. I mean, we're already fucking up this earth, but I mean. Are we? Yeah. That was a really rough year. <laughs> I mean, in all the years. It that, was a very roller coaster emotional year for sure. Like, I couldn't imagine being a child during that, that year. I mean, my kids were fine. Yeah? Yeah. My daughter was so pissed. She's like, I got to wear a mask to school every day. She's like, ugh. Yeah. And then when the mask came off, I said, hey, sweetie, guess what? The mask thing is gone. You don't have to wear it anymore. She took it off. She went like this and threw it in the trash. And she goes, finally. <laughs> and she just kept, she just went about her life. And that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, I looked, you don't ever look back in that year like, whoa, that was a lot going on. It was, was a lot it was, of shit going on. It was year. a lot going on for sure. It's it was like every very, week was some shit going on. <laughs> interesting yeah. year. But I also, uh, something I tell my wife said the same thing one time. She's like, oh my God, this and oh my God, and all, and the news. And, and I said, all right, cool, quiet for a second. Just be quiet. That's how you talk to your wife? I, I tell, I, sometimes if I have to. Silencio. So, <laughs> communication is key in this. So, so I said, listen. And there was silence. And I said, if you go out the front door and you look left on our street and you look right on our street, you're not going to see guns. You're not going to see war. You're not going to see blood. You're not going to see people screaming. People are getting robbed. So what, what is at our doorstep that's problematic? And she said, no, well, nothing. And I said, well, but if you watch the news, they're only going to show you the worst of the worst that's going on in the world because mm -hmm. it gives you clicks and it gives you commercial time. But you guys are blessed to not have that outside your doorstep. Agreed, yeah. us. Yeah. There's people that do deal with that. Right. And their life is greatly different. Right. But how, how we can better serve those people is by understanding that we are in a pretty good place. And it's right. like, all right, well, why don't we volunteer a weekend? Why don't we do more clothes donations? Why don't we figure out um, toy drives for Christmas? Mm -hmm. Because we have a moment to think instead of being worried that we're going to get X, Y, or Z that the news is portraying that, that afternoon. Does that make sense? That's that a makes good sense. way to look at it. I mean, that's your, that's your way of... Yes, ours. That's your way of yeah. tackling And if somebody yeah. disagrees with that, that's okay too. I would love to have a conversation. Maybe yeah. they could tell me, well, this is where you're wrong. But yeah, but I think this is what's missing. This level-headed exchange of ideas and opinions yeah. in a civilized manner sure. is missing. I agree. Of just having this conversation. Knowing that the person I'm talking to is a good person. Yeah. Like in, in the... In the in the heart of it all, this is a good person with a family. Mm -hmm. And I think they just, maybe they see a bunch of shit that's very differently from what I see. Sure. And our opinions differ. Right. Everyone's reality right. and perspective of their reality is different. And it's cool to have those talks. Right. Yeah. It's funny. It's like when you, you say when Joe Mass sends you like some, some like, you know, I don't shit know, up. some news shit or like some updates or like some conspiracy theory or uh -huh, whatever the fuck right. he's doing. Yeah, and whatever political thing, he'll send me some of that shit too. And But I just immediately say, how's the family? Sure. How you doing? Because I take it back to like, hey, we're like humans, we're men. Sure. And you know, when it comes down to it, are you doing good? Is your family good? I agree. Is your wife good? Yeah. And Joe, Joe's the man. He's a great remixer. He's a great DJ. Yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff that he sent me about 
uh, some things ended up being more accurate than I thought. I gave it to yeah. volume at the first time. That's out. what you think. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, there, we can. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to go. Don't wanna go I don't want to go. I let you. See, that's why I'm leaving you. Turn I'm not it up, saying that. Turn it up. Turn it up. I don't. You want to go back two years quicker, really? This is so nice. You want some Doritos? Are those Canadian Doritos? No, 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 no. So, like, I always like. I think I was hanging out with him once. Yeah. And I don't know how his brain works. Okay. And we, I th- we were at the airport. We were in San Diego. All right. And somehow we, we like, we're like, okay, cabs are like eighty dollars right now, but we could walk like, like where we were DJing. The festival was like a walk around these freeways around the airport. So sure. we like ended up walking together. And you know, I was having this conversation with him. Immediately, he started talking about the news and like politics and all these like conspiracy theory. And I just, just like immediately. I was like, yo, Joe, like, how's the family, man? You know, congrats and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he took a deep breath and he was just like, oh, they're good. And then we just spoke about that. Yeah, because maybe he, you know, Joe, Joe's a personable human. Yeah. He's, he's a, a cordial, good person. Yeah. So he was probably starting a conversation that he thought that you might want to have. Mm-hmm. Because the last two instances was about like current events and you know certain yeah. debates. I don't. You but know. he didn't. He didn't know that you might want to get personal. But what happened when you actually I, inserted that? Did he go with it? No, no. Yeah, I mean, he did. Yeah. We were just, we were just like two, you know, two guys. Just exactly. Talking. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? So that's that. Isn't that the indication? No, but I under, I, I, I understand that. I don't yeah. think regular people like I, I don't know regular maybe. DJs. Well, no, I don't think people in general understand that everyone in the end of it all wants to, you know, live their life. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to thrive. True. They want to take care of their loved ones. Of yeah. mm-hmm. And again, some people don't have the means to do it. Some people do. True. You know, some people do fucked up things to do it. Some people don't, mm-hmm. you know, but, but in the end of it all, it's like, I have empathy for almost anyone. Sure. Even like a DJ who like steals or like undercuts or do does all this shit. There's always a reason behind what they're doing. Agreed. And, and then, and it also goes to show like, Oh, like no one helped you. Mm-hmm. No one, no one showed you how to do something, and then let me show you how to do this shit. Isn't that so much better than and saying then, "f that guy"? He, he does yeah, it the wrong he's way. He's an evil yeah. motherfucker. You could just grab you him know? and be like, "Listen, let's have a conversation in private over here. I'll right. explain to you what's going on and why what you're doing is detrimental exactly. to your future." Isn't that so much better? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, but I understand that. I understand that in the end of it all, everyone yeah. just wants. Which to is take why it. you should pay no mind to those that don't. Because you can either say, hey, listen, if you want to talk about it, we'll right. talk. But I don't want to hear these wild allegations. Because in the end of it all, I think even the person that's emotional, that's sending me allegations and accusing me of things that they probably don't know what the fuck they're talking sure. about. I think in the end, there's something missing there, too. There might be. Or you maybe know? they just think that that's what they're supposed to do in that moment. For sure. Because they're part of that team. I'm team. You guys are bad. Yeah. Mm. I try not, you know, I try not to look at people as like either black or white, like this, this he's an evil motherfucker. Right, that would but be there, ra- that would be racist of you. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are some people that I'm like, he's you know, fuck him. He's just an evil. Like I don't, I'm fuck with. There's that a guy. and that you have all the right in the world to do that. For you sure. can avoid who you want entering your personal space or your your bubble. Like yeah, that, mm-hmm. of course. No, no, I get it. Yeah, Dorito Dur- break. Dorito break. <laughs> No, I'm sure you didn't even want to talk about this shit on this on this podcast. I don't mind. I like I like where the conversation goes. Uh, you know, there's a couple people that I could feel like I could talk to for hours about pretty much anything. Right. You're, you're one of them. My buddy Cutswell in Arizona is another one. We get oh, on, I like we'll get on the phone and all of a sudden I look down. It's like 90 minute phone call. Wow. And yeah, just talking about Every, things like everyone's this. shirtless. Huh? <laughs> I, I, no, I don't know what. Um, wait, so. I want to talk about something. Sure. But I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it. All right. Let's All right. see. It was uh, brought to our attention or my attention mm-hmm. on Twitter. Twitter. 
um, that you were part of an agency. Okay. That was possibly stealing from their DJs. Okay. And um, I kind of wanted to hear your side or your experience of this and if it's true, if it's not true. Without getting too specific. Yeah. <laughs> what I'd like to say is that if you're an up and coming DJ, if, you, if you're a veteran DJ, it's important that if someone else is high, and not even just a DJ, if you're just a person that has a financial advisor, a financial manager, someone that pays you, it's important for you to be accountable for what is coming in and what you're actually making. Uh, I remember, I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw a little post about, uh, I think it was Chameleonaire, that uh, he audited his record label, somebody, I think Jay-Z's team, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it, it, the lessons are the important part. I heard about this. Yeah, his, he, he hired Jay-Z's team to audit if the label had paid him out all the money he was owed, and they found that he was owed $600,000. Right. And then he got out of the label contract by saying, you either pay me my money and let me off my contract, or I'll teach everyone else how to do it. Right. Yeah, how, so to ed- seen, how to edit or audit, audit the label. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's an important point because even at the highest levels where you're making millions of dollars, it's important for you to stay on track, even if you have a financial manager that's handling everything. Mm-hmm. That being said, if there's an agency that's handling your money and cutting your checks, it's important to every now and then verify what you're being paid because there could be issues right? There could be, I'm just going to present some examples here that might or might not have any relevancy to my life. (laughs) Okay. Uh, There could be a situation where you get booked for a gig and the place where you're working says, all right, the the rate is this much money. And then you get paid and you say, okay, that's fine. You get paid that. But then you find out later that the rate was higher than what you were paid. Right. Mm -hmm. So for example, sure. let's say you're getting booked in you know, Chuck Arkansas. Cheese. Okay. There's Arkansas. a club in Arkansas right. that wants to book you. Yes. And so the rate is $5,000. Okay. But your agent is telling you the rate is $3,000. Sure. This is what you're talking about. That could be a good example. And so the 2000, where is that going? So the, either the agent that you, that you hired to broker your deals is pocketing that 2000 or it was somehow lost. That could be that could be a situation that's real. Now here's here's the the backside of that. Is there an official name for for, for that kind uh, of action? Skimming. Skimming. Right. Skimming okay. off the top. That's where you take it off the top. Now here's the deal though. Now that's not common practice for an agency. I right? would I would say it's a dishonest practice. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's uncommon. Yes. Dishonest. So sure. it's a dishonest practice because typically. What an agent gets is 15%. Or 20, depending on the deal. 15 to 20%. That's the standard. 15 to 20% of your gross. Mm-hmm. Sometimes no, it, no. Can, it can be the net after expenses. It's after expenses. Yeah. No, well, some people's gross. Okay. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's the net after flights, hotels, whatever's left over from right. the 3000 or 5000 they get their 15, 20%, and then you get sure. the, the, uh, the rest of your chunk. This is something that I've had um, a long time to sit and, and to, to think about because whether or not this is a real situation, when a gig is offered to you, let's yes. say, for example, I'm your agent, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, Crooked, I have a gig for you. Uh, it's in Atlanta, and uh, they're paying two grand. Do yeah. you want to do it? Is and, it all in? And uh, No, it's plus hotel and then and no flight. See, you'll... We got to go through these terms because there's actually a okay. couple young DJs Fair enough. that I spoke it. to. Yeah. And they were like, someone just reached out to me for a booking out of town. It's my first out of town booking. How do I co- coordinate this? And I was like, uh, I was trying to break down all in, you know, flights, you know, landed. So I, I all I, these terms, I did all a, in, I did a whole, landed. Yeah. You I, did a whole podcast. I did a whole on podcast this. on it. So okay. I can break it down. What episode was it? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, but that being said, uh, this is another reason why I'm launching my own agency. 
because this is helpful information for the world, right? right. For the DJ world. So and we'll we, talk about that later. Sure. Okay. We can start from the, the plainest of plain contracts and agreements that you could get, which is we're going to pay you $2,000 when you come and you DJ here, figure it out. Right. Period. That's all in. That's pretty much. You so get, all in means you, you know, here's $2,000. You pay for your flight, hotel, blah, blah, blah. Right. We don't want to know anything about that shit. Transportation, nothing. Sure. Right. Then you move up a level. Then you say it's $2,000 plus hotel. So now they're covering your hotel and they'll send you confirmation. So now you're getting paid $2,000 and you don't have the expensive hotel. Right. Mm -hmm. But usually that term is called landed, sure. meaning you pay for your flights. But as soon as you're landed, I wait, you pay for your flights. But as soon as you land, we got you covered. Mm -hmm. Meaning we'll cover transportation sometimes. Yeah, sometimes most yeah. of the times it'll yeah. be so yeah. the ground transportation will be covered as well. So that's so then, all in and then landed. Right. And then So then you get even more so when they cover your rate, which in this example is two thousand dollars plus hotel plus ground transportation, and then they reimburse your flight. Yeah. So now your your expenses for that are basically lunch or dinner or waters at the airport, which are like $17. <laughs> and that's pretty much your expense for the Except trip. for one city, you know? One city charges water at regular price. What's that? What's what city is that? Salt Lake City. Cool. Like that's the only city where I could get like a Fiji, large Fiji water uh -huh. for like two twenty five. Amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I've been around everywhere, mm -hmm. but I'm like Salt Lake, 225 water. I'm wow. good. Amazing. Anyway, go ahead. So th those are like kind of the breakdowns. And then you have like extra add-ons. It's like a steak plate <laughs> where you get the, the blue cheese on top or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Oscar style or whatever with the, the lobster tail on top of the steak. Yeah. So you have your, your, your rate, you have your hotel, you have your flight, you have your ground transportation, and you can get a per diem. There are some places that will give you an extra $100. That's very rare. It's rare, but resorts and casinos will be like, you get $100 a day to put on whatever you want on the hotel room. That's true. Yeah. So but there's yeah, yeah. per diem. Yeah, like if you're going to the Bahamas, yeah. you know, like they'll say like, okay, like, you know, uh, you have like $150 a day right. for meals mm -hmm. or yeah. whatever the fuck yeah. you want. Yeah. So the difficult part, if you're first dealing with this, is to know how to approach it and which one to ask for. Because you imagine you send a proposal to like a Jimmy's Oyster Bar that's uh, somewhere in like Providence right. that wants a DJ for five hours and is paying 300 bucks and you go, all right, well, I want a hotel and I want a per diem and I want a dinner and I, you know, it's like, it's not right. going to work that well. Yeah, well you got to read the room, right? Yeah, but that's the tough part for it's those. It's a tough part. Exactly. So like I had uh, an opportunity to do a corporate event mm -hmm. and they were paying me really well. Mm. They and, usually, they as soon, do. and as soon as my agent mentioned uh, travel expenses, they, they canceled just from the mere mention interesting it was almost like we're paying you so much you're getting greedy now asking for tra like a travel you're pushing like it now yeah you're pushing <laughs> it so now we're not we're cutting you don't have to say out. the company but can you tell me how much it was uh it was a thousand an hour and they wanted me to do an event for four hours okay and it's somewhere it was pretty close okay. to where i'm at but they were like you want travel and they're like no and then they just cut the whole thing but I, you know what, the thing is like, I didn't even, look, I get like, I had a bad day that day. It was like three cancellations for gigs, but that shit happens. Like, I don't take it personally. Sure. And like, I've never yelled at my agent or like my manager and I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, to me, like, yo, that shit happens. They, they get paid when you get paid though, you know? And this shit happens. I agree. You know? So I can't take it personally. I'm just like, yo, like, 
you know, I, I don't know. Like maybe so, I, I got to order some food. <laughs> <laughs> you text me. You text me. Some Doritos. I got to like eat my pain away. Like yeah. eat my stress. I don't know. I got to do something. You text me that day. You're like, oh my God, it's been a rough day. Three cancellations. I'm like, this show passed. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. It's just when, you know, it's like when, when those, when the gigs come in, you're like, yo, like, okay, we're, we're fired up. Let's yeah. go. And then when the cancellations come in, you're just like, fart. It's part fart, of the game. Man, I got know. a cancellation today. Yeah. It's just one of those, yeah, it's I just, yeah, I just got a cancellation <laughs> for a gig. <laughs> so. I had a, recently I had a gig. I talked about this on my podcast too. I had a, um, a Friday gig cancel on Monday. So what are, my, right. what are my options? I'm not booking something else. So what did I do? I, I could have, I would have been within my rights to say, guys, it's the week of, give me my check. Or guys, you can't do this the week of, find somebody, like I'm playing, I'm co-headlining. I don't care. So what was your response? My response was, hey man, I get it. No problem. Let's book two for the next month. Mm, smart reaction. That's cool. Smart response. Great response. Because my, yeah. my thought isn't this week. My thought is what's the next month and the next month and the next. See, yeah. that's the guy on my so corner. What, what, pe- what people need <laughs> to understand, what a lot of young DJs don't realize is that, you know, unfortunate shit happens all the time. Yeah, life happens. You can't take it out on the, the people time. you're doing business with. You have to maintain the relationship. And it's, look, your reaction on like for for situations just like that is exactly what they're analyzing. Yeah. They're looking at this person like, is this a psycho? Is this like a self-absorbed piece of shit that I'm working with? Or is this a motherfucker who understands business and, you know, they understand, you know, like this shit happens once in a while. Right. And so moving back to the, I think the original thing about the championship belt and stuff, right. like that kind of, that, <laughs> that, that kind of flex, I'm not putting on the bookers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going, yo, I'm the I'm the club DJ world champion. What do you mean you cancel my gig on Friday? Right. No. It's like, all right, man, I get it. Things happen. So did you get the two for later? I was able to secure a residency there. Yeah. I, yeah. Sometimes also what happened is that you could say, let's focus on rescheduling this this date that you just canceled. And maybe like, you know, cover any flights that I, I would have put. It was a, it was a local. Travel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but if it's lo- if it it's local, local, that's fine. It was local. So yeah. I'm not trying to burn that bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, why would I do that? But for travel, like, there's, there's certain point, there's certain times when I've gotten canceled and they say like, we'll cover your travel and all that shit. And then we're going to book. We're going to make I mean, sure yeah, we lock in like two, two three more dates mm-hmm. and, and you, in there. You, and then you know what I always say? I say, don't even cover my travel. I got it. Like you, don't don't worry about that shit. You don't want to be you don't want to be difficult to work with. No, because there's too many options in the marketplace. That doesn't mean also get run over and you know let let them do whatever they want. And all times like oh you have three cancellations in a row. There's a problem there. You know you got to figure out wh- how to fix that. Or if it even if it's even worth working with that entity anymore. If there's so many cancellations and so much lack of organization. But circling back the two thousand dollar gig in Atlanta, I told you about. Yeah, I said, hey, crooked, I got a gig for you in Atlanta. For, I'm your, I'm your agent. Yeah, I got a gig for you in Atlanta for two thousand dollars. Are you in or out? All in? Uh, no, it's plus flight, plus flight and hotel, huh? All travel? Yeah, plus flight and hotel. Two thousand flight and hotel. Sure, yeah. let's do it. That sounds like it's, yeah. it's actually a decent market rate for the DJs out there that are listening yeah. right now. It's not a bad rate. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. Mm-hmm. So uh, you do the gig, you get your hotel reimbursement, you get your flight reimbursement. I pay you your two grand, and then. Two or three months down the line, you find out that the gig really paid five thousand. Well, you wouldn't even pay me two grand; you'd pay me seventeen hundred. Sure, because of the minus the percentage, right? right. So I'd get seventeen hundred. Sure, plus your reimbursements. Right. So if two months down the line you find out the gig paid five thousand, right? I did something kind of dishonest there because I said, "Crooked, it's two thousand at Atlanta. Do you want it? Yes or no?" Right. I didn't tell you it was five. I told you it was two, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily lie to you because I said I gave you the option to take the gig or not. Right. At the market rate of two thousand. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of a dishonest practice, I feel. For sure. 
And that's what was happened. That's what kind of happened. That's thing. what happens in some instances in life. <laughs> Damn. I love this guy. I fucking love this guy. You know what I heard too? The champion. Tell this me. is the craziest shit I've heard. What did you hear? In some instances, uh, the agent was telling the venue that they were they needed a portion of the deposit because they were creating <laughs> a retirement fund for their DJ. You know what I'm talking about, right? I, it sounds a little familiar. Yeah. I can't put my finger on it. So imagine there's this $5,000 gig, right? <laughs> Let him talk. Okay? No, 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 wait. I'm setting it up so doing, he doesn't have to say anything. You're doing great. I'm, so imagine there's this $5,000 gig in Atlanta, and you're the DJ. And I say, hey, you know, conflict. I got a gig in Atlanta that's paying 2000 You want it? They're, they're going to take care of flights and hotel and everything. Yes, that sounds okay, good. Okay, cool. So then I talk to the club. I say, say, hey, so send me a deposit. Let's split these deposits up. Um, send me a deposit for 2000 Send the other 3000 you know, later as a, a later deposit. And it's actually a retirement fund for that DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and this was going on, you know, where, from where, what I heard. Where did you hear that? I don't, I, I mean, it, was, it was actually announced somehow. Oh. On Twitter. It came across your phone. On Twitter, yeah. online? <laughs> wow, on Twitter. Yeah. On Elon Musk's Twitter. So, yes. Uh, you know, if that happened, that definitely would have to, you got to talk to the person that it happened to. But no, no, I know, yeah. But that being said, uh, dishonest practices are not out of this world in the, the, the realm that we work in, right? We work a lot of times off of handshakes. How many contracts have you signed for your gigs? No. You know, there, there's some that do, like, but most of them if, for me. If it's residency, for like a year, for but six, that's six Vegas. months, 12 months. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I have, sign, you, I, you know, I send my dates in advance. I send in December, I send my dates to someone. They go, yeah, approved. Yeah. That's pretty much the extent of it. And for then, sure. So a lot of what we do is based on handshakes. So dishonest practice is, is something that everyone should look out for, which goes back to the original lesson of this whole hypothetical situation that may or may not have happened in, in the world. Uh, you need to be on top of who's handling your money and verifying what's coming in and when it's coming in and how it's coming in. But how would you know? Because you can ask. It's, it's a tough situation no matter how you slice it. But if someone's handling your money, you can uh, approach the nightclub and say, hey, just to confirm for my record keeping, I'm getting paid this amount and this was the deal. Yes? So yeah. you're saying when, let's say I go to Atlanta. Sure, you go to, to Atlanta. Club, to the 2000. This you're is, my agent. Yes. I go to the club and mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, you know, thanks for having me. Oh, Crooked, we're so glad you're here and da 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 Towards the end of the night, great job, man. We can't wait for you to come back. Okay, cool, man. Oh, just so I know, I'm not here to pick up any money, right? It's it's all going to get direct deposited. Yeah. And then what was the total invoice amount? What was the terms of the deal? Could you right. guys remind me? I, I I didn't make a note of it when my agent. And then he and then that the club the I don't know the booker the sure. club owner says, oh yeah, five thousand. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh. You, well, then that, that's the thing now. We, this goes back to not being difficult. You can go, oh, wow, all right. Well, you know, I really appreciate being here. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. And then I have to go because I, you know. Because I got to beat somebody's I have ass. A, I, have an, <laughs> I have an emergency that I have to get to. Right. And then, to and then you to make my it, agent. You, you have yeah. to make a decision at that point. Right. Right. Like, what do you, are you going to try to salvage and mend it? Or are you going to try to just go full nuclear? What would never, what would you do? You, oh, let's etiquette. go around the room. Yes. What would you what do? What would you do, Never? You hear... That you got paid two thousand for a gig, but they're mm -hmm. saying they paid your agent five thousand. I would call you, my agent right away. Would you let the club owner know that you only got two thousand? I wouldn't let the club owner know, but I'll call my but agent. Would you? Would you? Would you say something to reconfirm? Like, oh, it wasn't two thousand. You wouldn't. Would you say that? I wouldn't say it right away. No, because I'd be. I'm thinking. Would I'd you want to see proof? I would, I would be Can so. Be? I would be so shocked 
and fucked up in the head, it was. It take me a, a, a minute to like calc- calculate what's going on now. For me I to mean, realize you're, you're, that, you're, that this I've isn't been getting, real. You're already stuttering yourself. <laughs> it take me a couple, a while to realize that these motherfuckers been robbing me, or these motherfuckers. Well, that's me. the big biggest question: is how long has this been going on, right? I'm pretty sure it goes on all the time. No, a but lot. how long has it been going on with, with you? you? Yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah. But it could have been going on since day one. Yeah, Jamie, I feel like you would say something right on the spot. Nah, I usually call you before I do any fucking anything. So I would, I would definitely give you know my my uh, my people a call. I would give Cricket a call, give Neville a call, just to get some type of advice because they probably have dealt with it in the past. Now I understand not everybody has that you know luxury of calling an OG up. But I wouldn't flip out right away because I'm like, there's, there has to be something more to it for me to, like, snap right away. I just can't get emotional. Again, it's the long game, not the short game. So, so it's interesting because in the situation, what would immediately come to my mind is, is it bad optics for the booker of the owner to know that there's been some foul play going on. Yes, if you're going to maintain the relationship. Right. Right. So I would have to have this face of, oh, okay, 5000 Now, in my head, I would say, ask to see the contract or ask to see why, some but, type of document. But why would, why would, you know? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. If I ask for that, they're going to be like, why are you asking for Well, me? so look, here's, here's how I see it. This, is, me? this is confrontation 101. It's like you, but in my head, I would want to see a document to see if that was 5000 if okay. it was for sure. But so what, if they, I, what if it's just it's a handshake? Easy. Huh? What if it's a handshake? A well, handshake? I would tell them, I would just be like, oh, 5,000, right, right. You know what? I, I need a, um, can I get something for my records? I just need something for my records because I'm switching accountants. Do you think you could email me something like that? And they'd be like, yeah, sure, sure. And I was like, is there someone I could talk to directly and email them and get that shit from them? That's, off the top of my head, that's what I would uh, say. That's a fair uh, reaction to have. I think, right. I think that that's uh, adding too much to, to the to the right. pot. That's what I would have done. I would have just, I would just go to my agent and say, Hey, listen, they told me it's five K like what's going on. Mm-hmm. If he, if yeah. he doubles down and goes, no, it's two. Then there's, there's a decision you have to make at that moment because somebody's lying. Right. So you're either yeah. not working with the venue anymore or you're not working with your booker. But anymore. see, in my, the reason why I would ask for some, like to speak to a contact and accounts payable or just someone who has a copy of the contract is because then I already have, a line of communication to somebody Fair. for mm-hmm. for the documents. Fair. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because I can't put at that point I can't really just trust. At that point I got kind of got to troubleshoot, right? Sure. Yeah. So like I, I got to have two lines of communication, one direct to the club, yep. and then one to my agent. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's I think I think my I think my way's a little better. Uh, okay. <laughs> when, when you're dealing with deception, you do have to kind of be a little deceptive yourself when yeah. you when you're faking But that's not deceptive. Mm, but quiet. It's, it's, more quiet. Yeah, but it's anticipating the potential. You're like what I'm doing is I'm already anticipating. Okay, so if I can't trust my agent now, I have to create a direct line. Sure. So that you, I want to, I want to have a sense of urgency to create that direct line of communication with my bookers right then and there. Get the email mm-hmm. and then get that underway, and then have a plan of action. I would actually, what I would do is I would continue communicating with the club directly, mm-hmm. gather more information. With before approaching even my agent, for, for sure, that's an important yeah. piece. Yeah. To, to and have. then I would approach my agent to see what the fuck they would say. Right. So now here's the deal. Right. Let, let's say that you gather your evidence. It is five k. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm your agent. You come to me. Let's go. Right. Oh, I'm gonna say. Yep. I'd be like, hey, so you know, that gig that I just had yes. in Atlanta. Yes. It, just to reconfirm, it was two thousand. 
plus flights and hotels. That's and what you were paid. Yeah, uh, I heard it was five thousand. That was the total check. What? What do you mean? We, I asked you if you wanted the gig for two thousand. Okay. You said yes. I took a bonus. It was a big check. Oh, so you gave yourself a three thousand dollar bonus? I did. Oh, okay. But they were paying five thousand for my services. That's correct. So, but you accepted the gig at two. But you're you're as my agent. Yes. You're required to tell me exactly how much I'm being compensated for my services. This is true. And you're withholding information. And I was not looking out for your best interest. No. And I, that's right. Okay. Right. So See, you're that, fired. Thank you. That's it. That's it, right? right? That's the honest way of doing things. Yes. Let me, let me show you a different one. Okay. Come, come at me again. Who am I? You're the, you're you're the, the DJ. You're, oh. I'm the DJ. Yeah. Okay. I'm the, I'm the agent. Okay. So I heard the Atlanta gig was 5,000. No, it was two. No, I, I've been actually talking with them and it's 5,000. No, it's 2,000. You're, you're wrong. Um, what do you mean I'm wrong? Yeah, no, the thing is, look, there was a situation and, and like I had to do something and basically it's a $2,000 gig for you. Okay, so here's a screenshot of the email. Here's a screenshot of the uh, contract and the invoice. It's $5,000. No, no, it was two. You're wrong. Whatever you have is, is not true. Okay, so you're crazy and I need to get away from you. <laughs> All right. See, the first, the, first, the, the, first one, the first one was me being honest. Yeah. The first one was me. I told you the, the truth and I laid it right. out for you. And I told you, yeah, look, the check was 5K. One has accountability and the other doesn't. Right. Okay. And which one would you prefer? Accountability. I agree with you. It's not, it's not always what I was given. Right. Or that was, that was, it's not always what I was given. That was given. possibly the situation. It, it, in my life, I haven't always received accountability. And if I would have, if I would have, I would still have relationships that I don't Exactly. Have. Because- you can, there's something, you know, you can, there's something to retain. Because from listen, at the, at the end of the day, if, if I approach someone and I go, yo, I have X, Y, or Z proof about this. And then they, they, they lie to me. Yeah. That there's no salvaging that relationship. Exactly. I can't do anything about that. Not either. only, not only that, when there's this, like this, like heavy weight of delusion, <sighs> right? <laughs> like uh, I can't, where it's not even like reality. We're not in the same realm of reality. Right. If Word. somebody tells me, right. you took a $2,000 gig, you said yes, why are you mad at me, right? Mm. I'd be like, well, that's dishonest. In the le right, at, at least it's dishonest. Right. And it's not the best practice, and you are supposed to be looking out for my best interest, and you're not. So I have to really re-examine my relationship with you, mm -hmm. and I want to see if I want to continue it. And that's if you're honest, because if you're not honest, you just close that door. So how many, fuck, how many years? So here's the, to answer your question. And that's, that's <laughs> what would drive me crazy, I don't give a fuck about that gig. What would drive me fucking up the wall is the amount of years that this has been going on yeah. because that betrayal is next level. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. being lied to now that has and stolen from for like five, like five years, years would be fucking crazy. Especially if this is like someone I was like, I don't know. Like that you trust it. That I, let's say I invited, with your career. Yeah. If I invited them to my wedding. You broke bread yeah. with this person. If I, like, if I invited them to my wedding or if they met my parents or something, I would be, yeah. I would. They didn't know your family? I'd be nauseous. Yeah. Yeah. This is real. I'd, I'd call conflict and I'd say, I need gun training. I'm, I'm. This <laughs> <laughs> Call of Duty's not violence, cutting it. Violence is never I'd, the answer. I need pistol training right now. Violence is not the answer. I need you to avenge answer. me. Uh, violence is not the answer, but this yeah. is actually rehashing a couple things. And I actually, I feel sad. I really do. I feel like kind of, yeah, kind of sad. I don't want to say the word triggered because it's so overused, but like I'm I genuinely being sad about it because I've done so many good things in my career. And to answer your question, there's only one, one time that I have like 
verifiable proof in my career that something might have happened that didn't add up in the right way. Got it. And um, that is shouldn't be the only thing that's remembered of something that was uh, go- ongoing for so many years. If it, you know, I get what you're saying. So like, it's a difficult situation for me because sometimes I do think of certain people that I don't talk to anymore. And I want to reach out to them and see how they're doing, but it's it's hard for me to cross that barrier because certain lines get crossed and it's like tough, you know. I have no hard feelings with anyone, uh, whatsoever, and and sometimes I think everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, because you want to look back on your career, and uh, you know when you look back on your career, no one's ever doing it alone. Sure, you're doing it with somebody, and you know when you're working with an agent or a manager, you're really tight. You know, you're speaking to them multiple times a week sometimes multiple times a day, mm-hmm. you really feel like you're building something together. Yeah. And, you know, they're looking out for you. You're looking out for them. And there's a trust. There's a camaraderie. There's a friendship. There's a mutual respect in the fact that you're in business. And you kind of want to see things in that way despite everything that happened. Right. And you're a good person. Me? Yeah. Thank you. You're a good person. I, I, I try to be. I, I want to be the person because you're trying. You, you're still trying to hold on to the the good things that the, this, happened, because right? there were so many good things, man. Right. Yeah. You know, and so like you know, this is one verifiable instance where maybe somebody made a mistake. Maybe it was the one time that it, if something like this ever happened, which you, I'm not you, saying you don't know. You don't know what was going on to to a certain degree. That too. You know. Uh, to, but it does raise a lot of questions. But to answer your question, getting back to getting out of the mushy stuff, we all individually on on labels is what I recommend. Uh, and management companies is always to do that individual verification here and there. And that's something that uh, we all did a lot of time. So there was very few instances where bad things could have happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is just one thing that was like glaringly obvious, which at the end of the day, this goes out to everyone that's listening, DJ, regular person, whatever line of work you're in, if you're dishonest, eventually it bubbles to the surface regardless of what you do in life, whether it's inside of you or others. I, my wife likes watching murder shows. And last night there was a murder that happened. It was a forensic files. Murder happens. They have no clue what happened. A year goes by. Still, like basically cold case. No one has a clue. Police department gets a letter saying, I know who did it. It was this person and this is how they did it. It's the killer telling on himself. It was the killer that wrote that letter mm-hmm. because they couldn't harbor that anymore because, right. because dishonesty will burn a hole through you until you tell the truth. And that is true in all facets of life. Well, I feel like, you know, as I've gotten older, I've noticed that people who are truly like delusional, who, who kind of have to create like an alternate reality are people who, who lie a lot. Sure. And you know what I mean? Because they never have to be accountable in their world. Sure. You know, they're able to weave through friendships uh, companies, jobs, works, you know, like they're able to weave through life and not be accountable. So there, there's this level of delusion over the years and decades as they progress. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Wow. So, but that's why you're starting your own agency. Uh, I'm starting my own agency for lots of reasons. Right. That's, that's not, that's the, that's one of them. Oh, the least of all probably. Really? <laughs> yeah. Transparency is like is very important, but I think that there's there's not a lot of resources out there for DJs today. So I can, I can give you a what, okay. What are the reasons for you starting your agency? So what is the what is the name of this agency? My favorite DJ agency. Of course, it is my favorite DJ. My favorite DJ agency. Right. It Amazing. just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it really doesn't. But Pause. okay for you. <laughs> Listen, the Road Podcast. How long did it take to come up with reflections of a DJ for that one? Look, uh, not not that not long. Wasn't that, that long? About four four episodes or so. <laughs> uh, so. So 
what I'm building, it, I'll give you the whole, I haven't announced like what it's specifically, is, yeah. but the whole thing is this. At the top, we're going to have a main roster and there's going to be six handpicked DJs, which are the top of their markets, which I've already picked, which is DJ EU from Atlanta, DJ RM from the Northeast, he's in Providence in Boston, DJ Mr. Shaw from Chicago, DJ Booza from here in Las Vegas, and myself from Miami, and potentially DJ Obscene is hopping on really mm -hmm. soon too. Uh, so that's going to be the main roster. Now the full roster is going to be accessible to any DJ that wants to sign up. We're going to have open signups for the main roster. You're going to get checklists of things you have to have. You're going to have to have a mix cloud and a logo and a press kit. You know, the things that people ask me on a weekly basis, what do I need to do? I had a DJ reach out to me and say, hey, when, I, when I announced the agency, he's like, hey man, I can rock in your room. I'm ready. And I looked at his Instagram and it said like, uh, his college, the year he was graduating, his, his fraternity and something like, I like science. Yeah. And he hadn't posted a picture in a year. Right. And I'm not trying to uh, demean or de degrade him at all because I gave him friendly advice and sound advice, which was, mm -hmm. listen, man, if I'm a booker, how do I know what but you are? But that's not a DJ's account. Right? It, was, that's it, a was, it was DJ's account. It was, but I'm saying it doesn't look like a DJ right. account. And yeah. so that the guidance that this agency is going to give is one-on-one. -on -one that's, a lot of, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Are you charging like a membership fee? So, so there is going to be potentially uh, something like that. That's the conflict. Subscription based. There's, there's going to the, be something. That's there. the conflict I know. We have. I haven't ironed out. I haven't ironed out. Nine ninety nine. Wait, wait. So yes. what do you mean? This is an open yes roster. That means anybody full roster. So you will can be, have like twenty twenty thousand DJs signed up. Not only will they be signed up, but they'll have access to a lot of resources that they don't have on the open market. Yeah. How do you have? the workforce to, and the staff to look to, you know. So the beautiful part about that is as a business grows, it, it will tell you how many employees you need. Mm. Right now, we don't need. Uh, Wait, so what's the purpose of having, let's say, I don't know, let's sure. say you have, I mean, even having a roster of 200 to 500 yes. DJs is mm -hmm. a lot. Sure. Yeah, 500 DJs. Beautiful. You can't properly vet how each DJ is, right? So there is going to be a direct vetting when they sign up. When they sign up. Yep. Okay. So what is this like? It's a, so how are they going to get gigs? Mm, that's a very good question. Yeah, yeah. I would love to expand on that. Yeah. So <laughs> the full roster is going to be open to, for signups. And not only are you going to get access to uh, a specific login area that's going to, I'll explain the gig in a second, yeah. but you're going to get checklists. You're going to get one-on-one, -on -one, like basically uh, diagnosing of what the best, best path is for you to take in your career. Mm -hmm. which is something that I've been doing every week. So yeah, this is a lot of back-end preparation. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, I'm right. on the road podcast to promote it. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> every week, two or three DJs will hit me up and say, how do I play this? I have a problem with this club. Uh, help me with this um, gig. Do you have a contract? What would you recommend? Which logo looks better? Can you make a drop for me? Mm -hmm. And every single one gets answered because I like to help my community, my colleagues. Uh, but what I realize is a lot of my time is going into that and right. I'm, I'm not receiving anything out of it. And what I also realized more importantly than that is that the community itself needs a lot of guidance and a lot of things that are unanswered questions. Like we talked about, like what kind of contracts are there? We just spoke to me here, right? Like that's not common knowledge, right? So a lot of people would be better off having a management company helping them with that. Right. So once you sign up and you're on the full roster, you're also going to get access to a couple of different things. Number one are delegated designers. They're going to help you fulfill your checklist. So you're going to have a checklist of, oh, you need a mixed cloud. You need to make sure your Instagram is on point. You need your logo. You need your press kit. Things that we know are common knowledge. Right. But a lot of people might not know where to start. Yes. Yeah. Right? So you get that and you get designers that are in the game already and they can make it for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, all right, cool. Like, I need a logo. Here's, here's some options. I need a press kit. Here's some options, right? Not just that, but we're also going to have a thing called the gig board. 
the gig board is going to be when I need an opener Friday night at Fort Lauderdale. How long did it take you to come up with that name, the gig board? That's a pretty cool name. Not that long. Okay. <laughs> the gig board. When, when, I, when I have an opener need in, in Fort Lauderdale on Friday, instead of posting it on my Instagram, like, yo, DJs hit me up, I need, I'm going to post it on the gig board so only my members and my, my roster can so take advantage So then 50 of it. DJs hop on that. Who gets it? Whoever claims So that's the, the, the First thing one, is, whoever's gonna, whoever contacts me, I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to vet you and see which one I want to use. Right. So the, the idea is if you're in Rochester, New York and you have an open gig on Saturday, you can post it on the gig board instead of just putting it on Instagram so we can all help each other as a community. So you're like like creating like um, like a, I don't know, like a like a, a one stop shop, like a back pages for DJs. I, I back would, pages. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're back creating catalog. like, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like a back pages, right? That like, or I don't know. I, I would I would prefer like, but monster.com is a little bit better. OK, yeah. I would say like that jobs. show shipping wars, like sure, whoever wins. Sure. Yeah, so like that's that. a loading board. It's kind of the idea. A loading board is uh, what they use for freight. So basically they say, hey, we need this ship from here to here. Mm-hmm. Who wants to do it? So I have a question. Would you sure. ever let venues have direct access where they, can, where they can just post their Bingo. gigs. Yeah. Yeah. About so how do, but you have to still vet the DJ pretty much. So here's the deal. Let's say that, for example, I have four or five different venues that now are posting on my gig board okay. because there are accounts that want to be handled by my agency, right? Now I have a delegated agent that's going to be dealing with those uh, specific venues and with the DJs that hit that, that agent up. Right. Right. There's a lot of. I got one more question. I mean, shoot. let's go back. Again. I got a yeah, few yeah. questions. There's a so, lot of moving pieces. There is. So but once again, any, yeah. any DJ that I want to join could join your agency. Any DJ that needs help with their career and structuring their path can. It's join. like it's, it's like back pages, but there's a team helping you. Yeah. Can you start saying monster.com, please? <laughs> or shipping words? It's shipping like back pages, like <laughs> but they're telling you how to pose in pictures. Like no, like you know. You want to you want to do this. So, you ha, ha, do that. Have you ever worked out like huh? at the gym? Have yeah. You, do you not, find not, that yeah. do you find that it's easier when a personal trainer is helping you do the the exercises and like guides you on the right way to do it? Yeah, yes. sure. Yeah, same thing. Ta-da. Works on your shot. Is, I mean, you know, on paper, it sounds like a good idea. Thank you. On paper, but but the vetting process worries me. A I understand. Lot. Well, it's may, time may, consuming. If you're free, I'll hire you, and you can vet, and you can. I'm okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe in ten years, you know, okay. I'll be like, "Hey, conflict, I need a job." Fair enough. And I'll be like one of your counselors. But then you wouldn't be at, at the ground floor. You're going to be paid a lot less. Yeah, so you, you <laughs> I'll be questions. in the mail room. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're bringing coffee for him. I'll be at the gig board, like posting shit. Like, damn, uh, damn here. <laughs> No, that was my question. Like any DJ, whoever's a DJ can sign up and join your agency. This like is you're correct. not picking like certain DJs that could be on the agency. That's right. Just for for example, like when you sign up for um, a, a record pool. That's know, what I was thinking. They, they might yeah. verify and be like, oh yeah, that's a DJ. But they don't go, all right, where are you working? We want to make sure you, if you play our edits, you got to be working at a top club. No, man, the, the, the market needs to open up for everybody because you don't know when that next guy, maybe it's some bedroom DJ that needs a little bit of guidance and ends up being the next DJ Vice. You know, uh, you know, you know what I would have you consider is sure. putting three references down for each DJ. Mm, that's a good thing. Interesting. Or like, like places that they've worked. No, just someone that you can reference and be like, is this person legit? They okay. have to reference other DJs. Okay. I, it, just like a job when you get a, ref, like yeah, a reference. You need like references. True. Otherwise, you're going to get weirdos that can steal somebody else's mixes, upload it to Mixcloud, and like mm-hmm. do all types of like. Now, I could literally, <laughs> I might, you know what, when you launch your site, mm-hmm. I might create a new DJ persona and, and see AI if I DJ. slip through and I get a gig. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I got a gig in Fort Lauderdale for, you know, some, some make believe DJ that I made. I understand. So you need those like 
three references. I mean, there's a verification process. I'm sure he's working on stuff. So I think that when you look at an account on Instagram or when you listen to a Mixcloud, you can tell if the person's real or not. Do you, would you agree or no? You ever you ever gone to a troll account? And you're like, oh, this person's either. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I recently got uh, somebody <laughs> took my took all my pictures, mm-hmm. and my identity, and started their own DJ page. Wow, yeah. I okay. sent it to him. Yeah, what was I, your what was your other DJ name in the other universe? DJ, I can tell you in a second. DJ like Super Shot. Shot. <laughs> it was, was it? like DJ. So I was on Instagram, yep. or, or somebody followed me or added me as a friend. And DJ I said, Spark. DJ Spark. You yeah. look like a DJ Spark. <laughs> DJ Spark. Wow, that's a lot of followers. Yeah. So I, I saw someone follow me, and then I, saw, I was like, yo, I know that handsome guy. Right. <laughs> and then I clicked it, and it was Neva, and this guy stole all of Neva's pictures and everything. And I sent it to him. That's crazy. Uh, I actually, I'm glad that you guys brought that up. That's yeah. a great. It's a great thing that I could like double, double verify, double wall. But the problem is, is that that takes time to vet. Like I could literally, like if I have, if there's three references per DJ, sure. those references aren't going to get back to you for a couple of days. So you're talking about individual references. Maybe the references aren't necessarily people, but they're different things. Like maybe you ask that DJ, you go, all right, can you make me a 15 minute video mix real quick? That's what I was going to say. A verification process, like a profile, like on MySpace, like, yo, you need to mix these three songs for in order to get verified. You need one reference that that person's not like a fucking psycho. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Fair yeah. enough. But so the, the, the. You can't post like, hey, send me your uh, psychological records. <laughs> yeah. Medical thing. <laughs> the due whatever. diligence will be on the people that are. I, like if I post on the gig board, I need a DJ Friday in Fort right. and they hit me up. I'm going to be the one that has to do my due diligence. As a business owner, yeah, uh, that the thing that worries me is the vetting process because it requires employees. It requires hours and a lot of work. I'm not afraid of work or employees or hours. I'm afraid of employees because I think I think employees and employers are in a weird stage right now because not everybody wants to work for an employee. This is what worries me. I feel like. Remember the MP3 stage with Napster yes. and iTunes LimeWire. and LimeWire, and they kind of figured it out with streaming. I feel like that's what's going on with employees and employers right now. Fair enough. It's possible. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't uh, an employee out there that will be uh, suitable for it. So also, this is another thing. You know, I did mention the main roster, which are these six guys that will be doing gigs throughout the country and like will be handled by the agency. Yeah. Right. So there will be more time for me to either not be traveling or potentially also be traveling and have somebody that's making enough money to be able to vet. Mm-hmm. I, I think that also if there's 500 signups, employees will be a must from day one. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be people that I trust and that I know can do the work. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a problem because it's like you know like we we know like back in the day like for example anti-social social club yeah it's a brand it's a clothing streetwear brand that like blew up yes. overnight this guy put out t-shirts all of a sudden he sold like two hundred fifty thousand shirts or something i don't know what it is and he couldn't keep up with the orders yeah and he didn't ship anything till like six months or eight yeah months it took later. him about nine months my fear is that you're gonna have that kind of explosion and it's just gonna take a long time to recover and get back to the norm. And by that time, people might be like, oh, this shit doesn't work. I you know? disagree with you. 
Okay. Because my my this is why this is a two tier project. Yeah. Because the main roster can be out there making money. Right. Mm-hmm. And then this one, the 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 full roster that, that could be in development for God knows how that long. needs more a little bit more attention. Yeah. So if if I have to hire three employees and not be profitable for the first six months or mm-hmm. for the first year, that's going to happen. Or you could do something like, uh, you know, we're we're accepting only a hundred applicants or fifty applicants for our first six months. Thank you. Right. That's and a great idea. You need to hire me. I, I, I asked you if you wanted to come. You said no. <laughs> said no. You also, another uh, thing I just thought about, like if a DJ, like for myself, if I get a gig from you and like I have. Jamie already want to sign up. No, no, no. Like this is just like, <laughs> I, was thinking about call, I was thinking about Call of Duty. Hey, can I get a application? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about like Call of Duty, right? When you, when you like. Past certain levels, you get a ranking, right? Yes. So if you like, if I do about seventeen gigs for you, mm-hmm. it would have a different ranking. I'm oh shit, like stars. So the yeah. ranking, the ranking system, like eBay, like oh, like Uber. It's yes, it's, it's an interesting oh, concept. Oh shit, that's fucked up though. There's a little. <laughs> bit. No, 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 imagine, no, no, no. It you're just never, me- like imagine you're like three, three, three. I'm gonna say two stars, two and a half. You're not, like, you're not getting your rank for your service. You're getting rank like how many, how many notches you have in your belt, how many like gigs you have oh. done for this. You know what be crazy if the venue like was able to rate you seniority yeah. and stuff. so here's the oh, deal man. that's that's probably going to be uh internal proprietary info yeah because i wouldn't oh. I, specifically because i wouldn't want let's say for example this is not going to happen let's say you decide to sign up to the full roster right right and then there's djs that are small like smaller djs in smaller towns that play a lot of venues but they play two to three hundred dollar gigs five hundred dollar gigs which is top of their market mm-hmm. but then somebody with a really big name like crooked signs up to the full roster they would be above you and that doesn't make sense monetarily for a business. Right. Because you're a more sellable product in a lot of instances for a higher rate. Mm-hmm. But so the ranking would be lower for you because you've done zero gigs. So that would be proprietary and internal. So we know where to put guys. Be like, are, yo, give it to the seniority that, give it to Neva, he's done 25. This is, a, this is a verified DJ that has 18 gigs under his belt. This is me selling, right? Yeah. He's got 18 gigs under his belt. He plays here every Friday. This is why you need to have him at your venue. Yeah, you see? Uh, I feel like... Yeah, AI, he's getting his whole process from Well, there. I think I, I think also as things develop, I feel like AI would help you a lot. For sure. Yeah, and, or, the, or get or push me out of... Push us out of business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, w- what you're doing, I feel like AI could probably help if you, like, if you, you know, uh, yeah, you program could, the right shit. AI you know? could probably help with a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I was going to ask you, what made you narrow down those six guys in those six markets? So they, number one, were uh, friends of mine. You're like Nick Fury choosing out the Avengers. That's exactly what it's like. (laughs) But number one, they're friends of mine. Number two, they're solid in their marketplaces. Number three, there's no pressure on me to get them extra gigs because they're locked up right now. Mm -hmm. And when I'm building and rolling out, I didn't want that extra pressure Mm -hmm. to be like, all right, I have to get you gigs. I have to get you money. I didn't want to take somebody that needed assistance. And what I explained to them when when I pitched to them was this. When you're in your market by yourself, you're a single hunter going out to hunt. Mm-hmm. If we're five hunters in all of our markets, we can all, if I kill something, we can bring it to the table and we can all eat. Mm-hmm. So if there's a club opening in Providence and DJ RM is going because he's already uh, tapped in for, for Saturday bookings, guess who the first people in line to get those bookings are? The agency. If there's something in Miami and I have a corporate client that wants to have six DJs on a roster, guess who the six DJs are? The agency, right? So we all bring food to the table so we can all eat. Yeah. That's the idea behind basically everything. It's it's to add, not to subtract. Now you're looking for DJs in 
specific cities like Boosters here, you're in Florida, or you're in Miami. You're lo- are you constantly looking for an LA one, San Francisco, Seattle, so, so on and so forth? Eventually, this is one of the things that w- worried you was a lot of work, a lot of hours, right? I didn't want to oversaturate and pick too many people at first, which right. is not to yeah. say that we won't expand in the future, even though I think the sweet spot Wait, for an agency. Who's negotiating their deals? You are? Uh, so we all talk. And we figure out what the best course of action is. Oh, so Pick- there isn't a one point person. No, not right now. It's that's it's odd. No, it it isn't. It isn't because we are all individually hunters. So part of the the idea came because I got a cold DM, which sometimes you get leads, right? They're like, "Hey, you want to come work for this?" Yeah. I got a, a DM in January to play a, a spot, and they said, "Hey, could you want to come DJ for us?" And I said, "Yeah, that's kind of what I do. I'm in." Right. So then this was when I was off. Uh, I was on no management, no label. And I brokered the deal, set it up, but it was for August. And this was in January. And I'm like, damn, that's a pretty long window. I said, do you have anything sooner? I'd like to book some more dates. And they said, yeah, we have this date available in May. I was booked that weekend. So I hit up Booza and I go, hey, man, do you want this gig? This is, what I, this is the deal I brokered. This is what I did. This is what I got. Like, if you want, I'll have the person hit you up. And they said, yeah, I'm in. So I tell the, the booker, I go, hey, do you, would you like this DJ? He's ready to go. I sent over the, the profile and they said, wow, that's a great fit for us. They just did this. I just mm-hmm. connected. Booze is a boss. He got, the, he got the deal done on his own. So I can send these guys something and they can handle it. And that's part of the, the reason why I picked these guys. So for now. For now. For now. Everyone is kind of their own agent. For is now. what you're saying. Everyone is like self-proficient. For now. Right. So but eventually there's going to be the, that uh, legacy management style. You're going to need someone to, yeah be a point person sure. or the uh, kind of the face of behind the scenes of what you guys are doing. I mean, right? do we the face behind the scenes? Yeah. Because I think at some, at some point there's going to be instances or situations where you're going to need someone, um, who's, who's like kind of stepping in the middle brokering and, and, you know, ca- either calming the situation down or, you know, you know, I, you get what I'm saying. No, right? I understand. Yeah. You, you don't, you know, as an artist, you never want to be the asshole. You need that. Exactly. Inter- you, you need, need someone who can be the asshole. The is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. But you know, sometimes, you know, you might ask for travel on a $4,000 paycheck and they just stop talking to you. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's a difficult balance, right? I think I can navigate it for now, but I think eventually I will have to train somebody to do it. The, the idea is to build something that's bigger than just me. It's bigger than just these guys. It's you know, it's a big thing. One of the things I thought about when designing the website was every DJ on the planet has a laptop whether or not they work on it. Because even if you work off of USB drives, you need a laptop to put the music onto the USB drives, right? Mm-hmm. So why not make a website that's laptop friendly for DJs? Even though it will be mobile compatible, like everyone's focused on mobile apps and mobile this, but everyone that's a DJ has a laptop. You know, make a website that's compatible for us to, to work on. On a Monday, maybe you check the gig board and you see what's available in your area. Maybe you post something because you have something. Maybe you figure, oh, I need a calendar because it's May 25th. I need something for June 1st. Maybe we send an email blast seven days before the beginning of the month to all of our members and say, guys, now's the time to get your calendars in. Send it to the designers so they can, they can get your stuff ready for you. Mm. That kind of thing is very valuable to DJs that are in the marketplace. Right. Because then they post a calendar and some DJs won't. And who gets more attention? And then, so there is going to be a, like a membership fee, though. Right. Uh, I haven't ironed out all the details, but right. there likely has to be something there to be able to uh, make all the infrastructure. Or c- compensate all the services you guys are right. providing as well. Yeah. It's a lot of moving pieces. I love it, though. Don't you? Yeah. Don't, if, it, if it works, which I believe it will. Um, I want to see. I want to see what you come up with. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, operationally, I feel like it's, it's a lot. It's doable. It's definitely doable. It's not far-fetched, for sure. Um, one of the things that I have to do uh, that I've learned over the past few years that I, I have to remind myself is that I can't do everything. This uh, For sure. You know? And I feel, I don't know if you have to do that too with yourself. Uh, but I feel like, I feel like sometimes... You and I are similar in some ways. Because you know that when you do it, it's going to be done right. It's going to be done right. That's right. And uh, and then as you as you start running businesses and you hire people, you realize, oh, if it's get if it's done 80%, that's actually really good of what I want. Sure. So I've had to lower my expectations and standards when I'm hiring people. And, and, and you know, it all comes with like letting go. Here's an argument for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. If you you're happy with that 80%, right? Uh, I think you yeah, have to be. You okay, know. but hold on. What if you added more money? What if you paid the person more? You think you'd find 90 or 95? So, you know what I've learned what I've, from experience is when I overcompensate, the work quality goes down. Actually. Interesting. Because there's, so there's, there's a cockiness and comfortability that goes into play. So there's a sweet spot. There's a sweet spot of earning enough and like wanting to do more. And it's really more about purpose. Uh, giving your employees purpose you know and um i think freedom is the most important so like when i think about businesses or starting a business or opening a company like starting a company or anything i don't want it to be based on employees i want it to be based on uh, independent contractors who can dictate their hours but get the work done i don't care if you're in fucking miami or whatever if you can get the work done remotely uh and if there's there's uh good communication i'm cool with that you dictate your hours and the work gets done. I think that's the future of like, you know, employee, the employee employer uh, relationship. Cause nobody wants anyone to tell them and force them to do hours nine to five at a certain hour and, and come in. People want to work at night. People want to do shit during the day. People want to get errands done during the day and then maybe work uh, like extra hours on a Sunday or a Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't think, I think freedom is important now for employees and all of this stuff. But I mean, I don't know if we went off topic. But no, no, I think that's, a, it's actually great. It's very uh, beneficial starting this because per, the, the most important thing that you mentioned was purpose. Yeah. Right. So if, if you can't find someone with purpose and find an independent contractor, yeah. you know, somebody that will do what you need to do with hours. Right. And that's something that the, the important thing about this agency is the, the knowledge base and the connections. Right. If we need to check on people or send out emails, a lot of that can be automated. And some of that could even potentially be outsourced to contractors. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, have you done your checklist? What spot are you on? Oh, I haven't finished this. I haven't finished that. Cool. No problem. I'll mark it down and I'll hit you up in two weeks. Yeah. Right. So this is keeping people on task and it's keep giving people a pathway to better their careers, better their brand. Interesting. Well, as this develops, I want to learn. I want to hear more about it. I will send you a job up because I, I love. I love. <laughs> just, just, send you a I'm job up. No, no, I, I <laughs> no, please do. I love. I love like. Um, I love talking about business and like starting businesses. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very good at you know. Um, I don't know forecasting <sighs> troubles, the problems, and right, and yeah. the potential successes of nice. It. And I'm usually. I, mean, I don't know, Jamie. I'm pretty on point. 
Oh yeah, you're pretty. Yeah, I talk to him a lot about shit, and yeah. then all of a sudden, like six months later, he'll be like, he'll I'll, be, I'll see something. I'll be like, that's not sustainable. It's not going to work. I remember yeah. when I six to eight months when later, we started working, you're like you won't get this till this time of your life or this, and I'm like, damn, he's pretty on fucking point. Well, if yeah. you think of that, just text me so I can you know prevent it from happening. No, nah, I gotta start this. charging you now. Like you got <laughs> yeah, way we, too much. Uh, I give you the Call of Duty ranking I you, shit. I gave you way too, I, like basically this was like a consulting session. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Listen, most of it was already in place. <laughs> Would you? And this is just something. From, I'm taking all the credit when this shit comes yeah, out. I'll be like, that was all me. He got all that shit website, from our podcast. I'll, I'll have a pop up that says "Powered by the Road Podcast." Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, it's was exciting. It, I was gonna ask you. I mean, this goes back to crooked announce, like not announcing, but being worried about this a few years ago. Would you eventually make things available like healthcare and all that stuff for DJs and shit? That's a really hard thing to do. It's so hard. Or like it's a really 401k hard. Hey, or so I think really I think a better thing to do because that's so hard. It's such a mountain to climb as a business is to give the knowledge and yeah. like to, to give it the the accessible knowledge. Maybe this is a, a free page on the website instead of chart like keeping it paywalled. Mm-hmm. Potentially just being like, look, guys, this is kind of important. You know, healthcare, four hundred one k. What is a Roth IRA? What is what is a Roth four hundred one k? What do you? What is a? a I think it's a five two nine college plan for your kid. What's what's a uh, HYSA uh, health? Uh, is that high yield savings account? What is what is the health account? You know, the thing that you can put money into for for your healthcare. Mm-hmm. What are all those things? Because we get none of that. Mm-hmm. Not just in school, but also as independent contractors. Like no one cares. It's like pay your taxes. Uncle Sam wants us cut, and after that, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And that's all we get. So yeah, all these things are important knowledge bases to have as independent contractors. And if it betters the community and betters the colleagues that we have around us, I'm all for it. Yeah, because like coming up in the game, like I was luckily, you know, I'm spoiled with support and I'm spoiled with knowledge around me. But not everybody has that. Like I remember when I had to do my first invoice, like I texted Kirk, I'm like, how the fuck do I do this? He's like, go here, do this, do this, do that, and then write this. But and that's what everything. With a lot of things, there, I don't think there's enough guidance for the up and comers. Like, yeah, you can give them a gig and all you want, but I think the information, this is the do's, this is the don'ts. Watch out for this. I think that's far more important than just giving somebody a gig. I think there's many more. Um, you know, there's more to be held with the knowledge of putting somebody on game opposed to just giving somebody a gig. I could take that audio and sell the entire agency with just that well, because I agree go. with you. Just charge this motherfucker. <laughs> more, reasons, more reasons why we deserve a cut from this. <laughs> yeah. No, you know Let's what? Get a free I, membership going. You know, Jamie, what you're talking about is community. Yeah, yeah. In the end of it all, it's it's community. Yeah, and that, and that's I think that's and one thing the way I can explain his agency, the things that he's working on is by the community for the community kind of thing because it is, I like conflict is you can hit him up at any fucking point and if you need something he'll definitely guide you to the right place. Same thing with Crooked and Never, but. It's definitely it's like don't call him, don't call me. <laughs> don't text me. Unless you really need something. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like there's not you we we spoken about uh Cricket's brought this up many times in private and in on air, I think, is the where's the new generation at to take over, you know, stuff like that. We we're not seeing it. And I think it's just lack No, no, of, I think we're seeing it. I think we're seeing yeah, it. Yeah, but it's not in the way you guys came in in the mid 2000s I mean, and yeah, kind of took mean, over shit. I mean, no, look, look there's I, I don't think I've ever said that we don't see the next generation of DJs. No, like oh. the ones that are going to take over. I mean, we've spoken about it now. I, I can't agree with you on I, that. Oh, you're talking about like bottle service nightclubs. Just the new generation, the, the new the, up and comers. The next wave, how many? How many of my age group can you name? <laughs> Listen, there is a lot of DJs in this next generation who are superstar DJs. 
where they're like superstars. They've got followers. They're killing it. They're setting up their own parties. For, no. for example, like, no, no, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, but I'm also saying. No, no, I, I'm not saying that there's none. No, but no, no. You, why haven't they? No, no, no. I would. So what you're talking about specifically is something different, but I'll go into that. But but let me touch on this. There are DJs out there like Habibits. Like Nova Slaps. Habibits uh, is like a new generation DJ because he came through. he came up through TikTok, yeah. which is unheard of. And now he's, the first of his kind, kind of, you know, and he started his own party, which is doing immensely well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me is like a new generation because it's a completely different approach than what I, any of us. Well, he had through. a background also because his um, uncle yeah, was a yeah. club owner. Right. But again, that's what I'm saying. Like there's the there's a the knowledge part. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's a the knowledge part. There's the OG cosign. Yeah. But, no, you know, you know. Coming up on Twitter, I mean, sorry. No, coming up here. on TikTok. No, no, coming up on TikTok. Especially is, during the pandemic. It's unheard of. Like, no, it's first of its yeah. kind, but he had yeah. the game. He had the knowledge. I'm not saying. What, what, I've, what I've said is there is no next gen of DJs that want to work and know how to read a room like a bottle service club DJ or a big room DJ. That's exactly. No, no there's no mm-hmm. new generation that's like, I want to know how to keep people here and keep the like the tables how here. Keep people, and, keep, keep keep people, people dancing. Spending money on there's bottles. a bunch of new generation people that are like, hey, I want to come up and I want to fucking kill it. I want to rock the party. But I want to play what I want to play and I want to play for the crowd that I want to play for. Mm-hmm. Whereas we came up and we're like, you know, we, we, we just wanted, like, we were just happy with any work, so we had to learn to read every fucking room. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you agree with this or you don't agree with this? Here's what I see. Yeah. Uh, one hour masterclass by DJ Crooked provided video on my favorite DJ. <laughs> we, we just give give knowledge, right? No, I mean, uh, I agree with you. There's, there's a lack of um, people that can do the job, which is why you see the same you, names all the time. Conflict. You and I should not be... Working or as busy as we there, are. I listen. Every day that I've woken up in my life since I started this career, I'm like, yeah. this might be the last week because yeah. I'm waiting for that person to tap me on the shoulder and be like, "Hey, my man, I got it." Yeah, it hasn't happened. But that's what I'm saying is that I've t- I talked to Neva about this. We should not be. We shouldn't be still DJing now. But if, like, if you go based upon history, yes. we had already taken out the prior guard once we got to this age group. Like the, the the prior guard, when they got to our age, we yeah. were already like, <laughs> all right, guys, move. No, 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 no. See, I don't think we took them over. Okay. I, th- I think they bowed out. Uh, I think there was a, a I time. think you guys took over. Ugh. I'm going to be honest. I, I think, think you guys no. came in I think the, blazing I, guns I think and took the, over the no, fucking castle. I think castle. the DJs before us, they the, bowed out a I little bit. I think so. And I agree with Quickly no, on this one. No, no, no. Wait, not, wait. Let me hear me out. I'm just saying, I think the, they, the ones I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, I want but that, you're talking about DJs in the 80s, never. No, no, no. no, 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 no. I'm talking about You're not talking DJs in the 90s or in the 2000s. No, no. I'm talking about 90s and 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the 2000s, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, during the 2000s, after 9-11, right, Mm -hmm. a lot of the DJs who were killing it in the 90s felt like they were getting older and they did not like the direction of bottle service clubs. So they were saying, we don't want to play this shit Mm -hmm. and we don't want to work for these motherfuckers and we don't want to cater to this crowd. So they were saying we want to try some other shit. We want to do some other shit. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but it was there was also this tendency of like, yo, it, you looks. It's like it's kind of silly to be in your mid thirties to late thirties DJing. Yeah, you know, like there was this, there was this kind of. You right? Am I right? Uh, they were they were just like, yo, we gotta move on no, to but, some other but, shit. But like, like you said, they was just tired of the, the new music that was coming out. They, right. they felt like they didn't relate to the music, so it was like, you know what? I can't play this shit no more. I like playing what I want to play. Yes. 
our generation, you, me, and conflict, and a bunch of others around our age group. I'm, right? I'm a little bit younger than you guys, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, like our era, right? Our era of DJing. Uh huh. We're the most adaptable group of DJs. Yeah. Out of all DJs, even the ones, even the new motherfuckers coming up, we're more adaptable. And we, for some reason, there's a chip in us that we want to be like people pleasers for some reason. And it's maybe because some of the OGs didn't really accept us. Hmm. Good point. So you, so you I'm not to, wrong, right? So you I, have you know? to take over. I think I think you guys are both right. We're just yeah, yeah. we're disagreeing on percentages. You say most. Yeah. He says most. Uh, we took over. I think that there's a probably a, some truth to both, but I don't think everyone bowed out. I don't think everyone bowed out. The I know. I know what you're saying the marketplace will push you out if you stop looking the part, which you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, that it used to do more so than it does now, but it it's right. probably still does. The marketplace would push people out if they didn't do the job properly. The marketplace pushes you out if you fall into the pit of DJing, which we all know very closely because we've seen it happen too. Yeah. Whether it be alcohol, women, or extra stuff you're not supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, so the market will push you out, but also there is a, a voluntary tap out where it's like, hey man, I'm 40, I don't want to do this anymore, or I'm 50, I don't want to do this anymore, or whatever the case, or I have a family, or I don't want to get on a plane, or I don't feel like playing this pop record that really sucks and I have to play it. So there's voluntary dropouts, but there's also market pushouts. I think both are true. It's the which, how much is more? Mm. That's the question. I, yeah, I, I think we're 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 a rare breed. Like our era of DJs, we're that rare breed. We're the only DJs that touched both. Mm-hmm. And there's something to say about the adaptability of it all. That both, we're, both vinyl and digital. We had yeah, yeah, we had to adapt, and we weren't. And we we liked the validation of like holding these rooms down yeah. more so than any other validation. I think there's yeah. something about that. That we always we're mm. always about the room. What if what if you it's know? it's that the EDM thing that happened where uh, a lot of the newer generations all they saw was big festivals, big guys hidden playing and yes. whole, yeah. everybody goes crazy. Mm-hmm. So they're chasing which the same drug but just a different variant. Yeah, right? because I chase what I came up watching you guys be doing. Right, that's what I chase, and maybe that's why I'm telling you there's a very few like the Exiles, Nova Slaps, the uh, Habibi to the world, and myself. But I don't think there's anything. In the way you guys came and took over, you guys came by the hundreds. We're coming by the tens. So there's not a lot of DJs. There's not enough for the new generation to take over the old, the older generation. Well, the thing is, like, I when I, like when I talk to new DJs and I ask them who are their like their idols or who do they want to be, you know, some of them are like, I want to be Rihanna. You know, I, I want to be like, I want to be big. It's these like grandiose like. I like these public figures and celebrities. They want to be that. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to make a living doing what we loved. Yes, like yeah, that it. was like impossible to believe. <laughs> like you know, like when we were coming up, we we're like, wait, you know, if I could just pay my rent doing that, right? right. 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 I did DJ. <laughs> yeah, if I could just pay my rent man. doing like DJing. Oh man, it would be so pay amazing. My rent, buy some gear. And so we had, we had <laughs> such <laughs> low expectations, and like yeah, but, but, we, you know, motherfuckers were able to buy houses and like mm-hmm. property and like thrive and like yeah. build business and look at like have multiple decades of, of of a career that we never fathomed, yeah. but we did it unheard like, of, unheard at the of time, at the time. And that's, all, but that's why and our idols are these like these DJs that were before us that were amazing DJs, mm-hmm. and it was never based on followers. It was never based on fame or money it was literally based on skill 
and like their Moments. impact on the culture. So we have a you know? we have a lot of lost humans that think they want to be DJs, but they just want to be famous. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And you know what it is is that in the I would say in the probably towards the mid 2010s, 2015, DJs were introverts. Mm-hmm. Now DJs are extroverts. Yeah, they have to be because they that's the perception, be. right? Mm-hmm. Well, like now, oh, like they make a championship belt and talk to like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but like so I'm saying, like an, like a majority of all DJs are introverts. I, from like I agree, like yeah, we're nerds before 2010. Yeah. they're all yeah. fucking introverts, yeah. bro. Like they, we're like that's why we we gather together so well. Do you know what I'm saying? But like towards 2015, there's this different generation of DJs that love singing the songs and dancing and being performative, going to the crowd. They love the attention because that's what they saw modeled. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What and we then, saw, what we saw modeled was guys sweating on vinyl, like making it work. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah, you know, like working for real. For in real. dark rooms in the corner. Yeah. yeah. And then like, we, I I don't know about you guys, but I sat. I, was, I used to play the back room, and I, I was like, damn, I'm giving, making five hundred bucks in this back room. If I work the main room, it's got to be at least double. That's a thousand, right? And so I'm doing math in my head. I'm like, all right, if I finish this bachelor's, I'm 20, right? If I finish this bachelor's degree, I'm going to make what, 50K a year, $1,000 every weekend times 52, that's 52,000. I just got to get to that main room. Right. Fuck this. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought when I was like working at the fucking police station. I was like, dude, 55, that's what people start. I'm like, if you can make this, I'm like flipping shoes. I make more money doing that. So, yeah, exactly yeah. that same thinking. But back to your point, Cricket, also, I always do this argument with you. I feel the DJ that we are doing now, the DJ you guys grew up doing, is still fairly new. It's still in the 40s. What are you talking about? The like, DJ you're doing? The you? DJ we do now, the open format, the oh. DJ, the party rocking, that's only about 40 years old. So there's no real... Open format DJing? Yeah. Mm-mm. 40 to 50 times. Open format DJ? Yeah. I feel like open format DJing started in like the the early two thousands. I would no. say no, no. the nineties. Like I would like, say eighty. I'm going, I'm going whenever hip hop started. School. That's the beginning. School me. Please. I I feel because hip hop. Uh, our, our resident historian. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like open format DJing, it's like playing more than one genre of music, right? Fair. Yeah. That's, yeah. Always, okay. been, that's you, always been happening. If you want to go back, uh, Africa Bambada, when he started DJing. Okay. Downtown, the downtown scene, him, um, Africa yes. Islam. They used to play a little bit of punk rock, reggae, um, R&B, disco. They mixed it up. So that was like an early early part of open format DJ. They, they, but, and that would be what year? But that would be like in the um, late 80s. 80s. Late no, 80s? early 80s. I'm giving you, okay. I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going the birth of hip hop being the beginning. So maybe I'm talking about it crossing over to mainstream? You're talking about the explosion. Well, the, sure. thing is, the thing is, that the problem with open format, it was, it's a term that I don't know who created. I would love to know where the fuck that came from. Yeah. Like where was the board meeting oh, yeah, where someone <laughs> said- That's just out of nowhere. That's like, where where, was the when did that, that started in like, uh, I don't know mid-2000s? when it started. Like 2000s. I no, want to no, say no, no, 08, no. 07. Did it? Yeah, like the mid mid two thousands. Look, open open format in the mid two thousands was mashup. Yeah, they just right. wanted that was the a beginning. Yeah, yes. another form. No, no, no. Open format started when hip hop started coming in the early two thousand tens. Like when EDM took over to like two thousand twelve and thirteen. I feel like I heard the term a little earlier. I heard it way earlier. You know when Maybe. I heard it? I heard it around Banana Split era, which is 05 or 06 to like oh. I don't know, but I started hearing around it. the Bloghouse era. I started term. hearing it when all of these nightclubs in Vegas were EDM clubs. Mm-hmm. And they were like, holy shit, wait, people like are like the tables are asking for hip hop. So then there was this resurgence of hip hop, like Fetty Wap was killing it. Like, you know, all the West Coast mm-hmm. uh, mustard shit mustard. was killing it. There was mm-hmm. all this like shit coming back. And then it mm-hmm. was like, oh, shit. And then EDM started like kind of going down a little bit. They're like, oh, we need to 
bring back hip hop, but we can't say hip hop is in the room. So we have to call it open format. And that's when I just started hearing that term more open. Like, yeah, we need you for open format. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And they're like, that's hip hop. But back to what you're saying is that hip hop is actually, to me, the birth of open format. That's because in general, the style of DJing open format is hip hop. Mm -hmm. Because. Mm It's all about breakbeats. Yeah, yeah. The breakdancers, you you play and, like funk music. And, and like it doesn't matter yeah, where yeah. where you got your breakbeat from. Fair. It could have been from Spanish music. It could have been from, uh, you know, disco or Vegue, whatever. Reggae from the islands. Yeah, funk or anything. Yeah. And we're putting it all together. That's, and that's really hip hop. The so, beginning of hip hop, yeah. Yeah, so, so. I made a mistake. Yeah. Cool no, Herc, no, no, it's cool. Oh, so we go back to Cool Herc. Yeah. That's what he was doing. Exactly. When hip hop first started, he was playing a bunch of because there was no hip hop records. There was they would like quick and say they would take like disco, um, disco, yeah. R and B, whatever, whatever music that was available at the time. So, open format. So that was the beginning. <laughs> but of but open it's format. kind of like it's look. Everyone started hopping on mashup mm-hmm. because it was very, um, you know, we, it was the thing when, when because the Ableton but it was also and Pro like Tools it was also kind of like white friendly. It was digestible. Because it was like, oh, this isn't just hip-hop, which is like black and Latino. Fair. This is mashup because we're bringing rock and, rock and roll into that At the time, DJ started playing ACDC, so Back in like, Black. So there was this emergence of like booking DJs who did mashup because like, oh, there's all these like new DJs that can mix it up for mm-hmm. a white crowd and it won't be like a predominantly black crowd if we put hip-hop on the flyer. But they needed a new term in the, new to, in the 2010s and they couldn't say mashup, right? So they were saying open format. Well, they did just say mashup for a while. I feel they like. said it too. Yeah, but yeah. once EDM took over, you said mashup. Like that was dumb. that was like the most. Yeah, there was a point where if you're on MySpace and you're like, I'm a mashup DJ, you were gonna get booked somewhere yeah. <laughs> because that was like that was that was like your eight. Yeah, that was like your website back in the day for sure. DJ MySpace for sure. Yeah, MySpace was like. Eight. Mashup DJs, it's like, oh, let's hire him. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, remember, like, we would be in these meetings in in Vegas, and they'd be like, yeah, we we stumbled onto this mashup DJ, and we're like, nah, he stole these mashups from this person <laughs> and that person. They're just posting that shit up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I would say open format to me was the resurgence of hip hop in the 2010s, and they needed a new word besides hip hop. Yeah, and back to my point, I I feel like this DJing that we do now is still a 40 to 50 year old person so we don't know how no, to but, it, but it's hip hop that's the whole thing it's yeah like, yeah it's, it's hip hop but you, you can call it whatever you want into yeah. the day but, it's hip hop yeah but the same thing you could talk about the like the older rappers like Jay Z, he kind of he needed to take a step back, and he became the president or whatever. But for a minute there, we didn't know who was gonna be the next hot rapper, who was gonna take over. Two thousand seven to like two thousand ten to the mustard era, we didn't know who the fuck was gonna take over. Like you can't on the DJ level. On no, I'm just saying it's just like he's, the hip hop. Creating an example. Oh. Yeah. So just like hip hop, you're expecting to be being take over somebody taking over your position, but it's still in the. It's still up in the air. Yeah, you're still trying to figure what the fuck is going on. The wave, look, I think cycles happen all the time where the old guard gets taken out and the new ones come in, but Mm -hmm. the the, the wave is taking really long to come in. Yeah, because there's nobody that, there's no reference page. There's no, there's no, this is how you're supposed to do this, 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 because everything has changed. I think, I used to think that that was a bad thing, but now I'm starting to think it's a really good thing. Because the more our job becomes hard to do because no one can do it, the better our pay is going to be. I mean, dude, look at Funkmaster Fletz. He's still 
He's the still, king, the king of New York, right? I heard he's, he's, still I heard he's even bigger now. Exactly. No, yeah, he's, he's still bro, holding in, shit down. in the clubs. I heard he like after the pandemic, uh-huh. he blew the fuck up where all the clubs want to book him now. Not only yeah. that, did you guys see how he rocks that stage at Summer Jam? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fucking like no other. Yeah, and like again, who's gonna take over a Funk Master Flex? Who's gonna take over a Conflict? Who's gonna take over a Crooked and a Never and Five and et cetera, et cetera? There's nobody look, can look, be look, able to do that. We're fucking all. <laughs> In the end, we're all replaceable. Do you know no, what I'm saying? I, mean, you can't, I agree with you, but you, <laughs> we're all I, very, we're no, very replaceable. Of course, if you die, you're gonna be you replaced. Know. Whatever, but I don't think somebody can come in like the movie Juice and take like battle you and take over. No, no, spot. you know, it's not about taking over. It's the fact that or fizzling out or whatever. It's the fact that you know what? It's not about taking over. I think we're. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but it's actually a little bit different. I think the style of our DJing has continued to have value over the, over the past years. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising that, you know, like at where we are in our stages in our career, that it's still valued and yeah. it's still important. And it seems like it would be, we were like, oh, this is dated, but it's not. It's still like, mm-hmm. I, whatever we learned in our era of DJing, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it's the resourcefulness or all of us not really get blowing up to the extent of like, other DJs like Funk Flex or whatever, where we were kind of like working DJs. Yeah. And we kind of like, we stayed working DJs. Mm -hmm. And there was no like real like pinnacle, um, I don't know. I think it's because we saw the ups and downs more than the new generation. You know, you talked about them wanting to be like Rihanna and famous. Right. We saw the guys again, sweating on top of vinyl, carrying their crates, Mm -hmm. working, potentially negotiating like, yo, I'm going to go play your club. Like this guy doesn't want to have me there. Like we got, we got the ins and outs of the business. We understood that it was hard work all the time with a little payoff for an hour or two. Whereas what they see today is just big crowds, big stadium, big, big money, big this, big that. And they don't see the work behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're lost. They're like, wait, but why doesn't, why, why don't I have a festival? I already put out two songs. Yeah. It's like, because the the path is way longer than what you showed. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That was way more articulate than I could have said it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was a good topic. You know, we're hitting two hours. I didn't think we'd do two hours with you. I, I think we could. We need to have more podcasts with you. It's really easy. <laughs> oh, it's really I, easy. I, you know what? Sometimes when I'm going to be on the West Coast, uh, I think, man, should I hit him up? But then I think, no, nah, maybe they don't want to talk to me. Yeah, you I, should. I have like uh, self doubt about no, it. No, you you're, should. You're dope as okay. fuck, bro. Yeah, because it was really easy. Conflict, it's a pleasure always having you here. Thank you guys for having me. And then, please, if you're in town, I might come back in December. Yeah, hit me up. That's okay. too far. We'll, we'll love to have you. <laughs> no, <laughs> Come back in <laughs> no, no, <laughs> three months from now. When you're in town again, just hit me up. Okay, we'll, we'll, do. we'll do it again. And we'll go to the shooting range. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that as a vlog. Maybe. Okay. We'll do it as a as a family. Maybe. I, I trust I trust the I trust the uh you know, experience with you. Okay. That that I do. Conflict. Thank you for coming through. <laughs> what is what is what is the name of your agency again? So my, how can we get information about my favorite DJ dot agency is the website. Okay. Yeah. And then it, it, the, the launch date is up in the air. That's what, right. You're going to let us know. There should, there should be something up right now, okay, whether cool. it's the full site or something to sign up. All right, cool. Yeah. And then uh, my podcast is My Favorite DJ, the podcast, and that's on Spotify, Apple, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And if there's any DJs that are actually looking maybe to help you with this shit, they should reach out. I have no problem. I would love to. Yeah. I've spoken to, when, when I launched this thing, designers hit me up and people that said, oh, I have back-end experience working with rosters and I've managed DJs and I've managed venues. People have constantly hit me up right. about potentially adding to this, which is part of the reason why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Community. Right. I love it. Dope. Conflict, thanks for coming through. Thank you. Pleasure, a pleasure, man. man. Much love to you and your family. Thank you. All right. Hopefully, I'll see you very soon. All right, all brother? Right. DJ Conflict. Now.
world champion. Don't you forget that. (laughs) We out, y'all. Peace. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.